Sunday, I would say another eventful weekend um, coming off the back of um, Silverstone that was very fun. I would say this is um, was another eventful Grand Prix. Um, luckily, no red flags, um, just a VSC. Few, um, well. I would say first of all, thank God um Carlos Sainz is okay. Thank God he's doing well because um that that was just like a quick like well, that's a similar flashback to um Bahrain 20, 20, 2020. So um yeah, but I guess that's unfortunate for from um Ferrari. So um we'll be looking at obviously different things. Um Leclerc winning, you know, after experiencing issues, you know, towards the end of the race. Um, Mercedes um, getting maximum points, P3 and P4. Uh, overall, a good we- um, weekend for them. Um, what else again? Um, we've got um, Haas. <laughs> the Haas team, I really don't know um, where, where that pace came from. It just seemed like if um, they were faster than the rest of the midfield, you know, faster than the McLarens, um, the Alfa Romeros, you know, that have been also be very good. Um, high tire degradation, you know, and um, Mick Schumacher also getting back to back points, you know. So um, I think we we have a lot to delve into, and also yeah, Perez. Um, 
Perez's retirement after I believe um obviously the retirement came from um due to the effect of the collision with um what's his name Russell in lap one. So um yeah. Um so I'll just uh, be calling on everyone to to um share their thoughts as we go in. But um first I'll just quickly um share my thoughts on the top three teams. Um, I'll first of all say for Red Bull, I actually thought this was going to be um clearly a Verstappen win, you know, and um Perez probably going um being in P2, but unfortunately, um that incident in Laporte um cost him the place and then um later on forced him to retire. Um for Max, I'll say he suffers from high tire deck. You know, this um, I believe Austria is one of the tracks where drivers usually face high te- high tire degradation. But I didn't expect the soft um the hard compound to uh to um go down that quickly. You know, so um fair play to Mercedes, you know, because they were able to let's say they were able to manage their tires well as compared to um the other teams. Um also a very good very good drive from Lewis. Um P3 and also George, who um had that um uh, um contact with um what's his name again, Perez, changed his front wing, you know, struggled with pace earlier in the race, and then picked up and was able to finish um P4. So I would say um overall it's from the top three teams, I guess um Okay, I haven't spoken about Ferrari. Um, Ferrari, also, um, I would say Charles was lucky to finish because if it was like 10 more laps, it's, it would have been interesting to see what happens um, if there were 10 more extra laps. But I guess we didn't have those um, laps to see. And um, luckily, he was able to um, pull through to the checkered flag. Um, on science, I believe we've... Um, on previous spaces, we've spoken about the reliability issues um, Ferrari face, and I believe some of us have said that if this is one of the issues that would um, be their downfall um, this season, you know, our reliability, and it's looking like it's coming to pass because literally, science ha- opened the door for Hamilton's podium. You know, even even if Mercedes thought there was something they could get by putting um what's what's the name? Um Lewis on the Lewis on the medium strategy. When I saw it, I was like, this is not even possible. They were like, there was like 30 something seconds. So um yeah, that's just my um take on the top three teams. And then um I'll allow everyone to share their thoughts. Okay, um Mars, Mars, Dr. Tech, um, Marzi, then Adini, please. Thank you guys. Yo, thank you, thank you. Um, honestly, um, great, great, great drive from Hamilton, from Mercedes, to be honest. Hamilton did what he had to do from P8, if I'm not mistaken. But it's stupidly good drive from George Russell. I mean, this kid is he's something else, you know, five-second penalty, Lack of face at the beginning of the race, changes front wing, uh, 
back up and still made it to P4. I mean, it's it's ridiculously good. Um, but yeah, honestly, not much to say apart Ferrari. Ferrari, they really need to fix their their reliability issues. If not, it's they're gonna lose. Like they're gonna they're gonna lose both championships, even if that looks like because this was an easy P1, P2 today. It was probably the easiest P1, P2 that they could have gotten. Like it was there, the pace was there, everything was working perfectly. But it needs to fix that reliability too. We're already at, at mid-season, and I hope they use these next two weeks to work on this thing because it's it's bad. It's very very bad. Also, big up to my to my to my kid. You know, I remember you were you were there laughing at my kid host. I remember you. I mean, you were laughing at my kid from the beginning of the race. Mick Schumacher, Broski, you've seen what my kid is doing. Especially from yesterday, from the sprint race. I don't know if you guys watched that interview right after, bro. He put that dog out, man. He said, bro, they need to make sure I'm in front because I have the pace, and he has the pace. Let's not lie, he's doing it. He it was not as easy for even Max to get past him. It was not easy for Lewis to get past him. He's now nah, he's on it. Honestly, yeah, that's all I have to say. Apart from that, it was I think uh, a cool race. Um what I really like was the fact that obviously cars can battle more. Uh you there was a huge thing between the two horses, Norris. I think it was Alonso as well. Very, very nice, interesting race. Uh, also very lucky for Shao. I'm very, very happy for him. But yeah, honestly, not much to say for me, though. Thank you very much, uh, Mas. Well, uh, Mas, you, uh, I, I, I did make my point on, um, what's his name, uh, Mick Schumacher. I'm not um, denying that, but I made my points based on um, the facts that were available to us at that moment. And at that moment, he was yet to score a point, you know. I believe um, on Mick, this performance, or rather this change in performance came when Gunther said he has four races to prove himself. This is race two or four. So here, um, France and Hungary, you know, and he's been able to impress, you know. So, um... Credit to was credit to the boy, um, um, Mick. You know, um, I really, I really hope he can continue this form, even though it's not easy in such um, in such a car and a team he's in. You know, but yeah, credit to them. Uh, Doctor Tech, please. Um, yeah, evening, guys. Uh, what a wonderful race weekend. Um, yeah, um, so, uh, I mean, Ferrari, obviously, they had the pace this weekend very, very fast. Um, I mean, to to part for, for Leclerc to pass, Verstappen twice, you know, not very easy, but, yeah. Three times, I mean, so, three times, three times. It was, it was even three times, oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> like I was saying, the, the Ferrari was flying, obviously, but, and like the uh, earlier speaker spoke about, basically this re- reliability issue is going to be their downfall if they don't fix it very soon. I remember uh, a couple of races into the season when it looked like you know, it was the Red Bull that was going to be having reliability issues, but seems they reversed the case for some reason. Uh, yeah, I mean, we also, I mean, science engine all but blew up. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, luckily it was fine. So, yeah. Then of uh, on Mercedes, obviously very solid drive from from um, 
from both the Mercedes drivers, um, Lewis P8 to P3, solid drive. Um, he drove, I mean, though they were of they were off the pace of the Red Bull and the Ferrari, but obviously they were in the right place at the right time to capitalize on um, Sainz's engine blowing up. So, yeah, that was good to see. And obviously, George Russell, props to the man, props to the man. Um, I mean, fourth season in Mercedes, it's is is overperforming if that was a thing, you know, very, very solid drive to take the five points penalty and still be able to finish before. It's very, very, very solid. Yeah, on, on Mick Schumacher, I mean, obviously I was able to join the space uh, for after the sprint race yesterday, but I mean, we all saw what he did um, defending against Lewis for so long before he was eventually passed, you know, so uh, whether or not um, he asked for his or not to prove himself. I mean, what happens? I mean, what matters is the present, you know, and he's he's doing he's doing solid, do well right now. So uh, let's hope for the <laughs> for the best from him in the future. Yeah, I mean, it was a very entertaining race weekend. So um, take the next two weeks to recoup and come back in France. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much, uh, Doctor Tech. Uh, Mazi, please, you have the floor. Okay, hi guys. How you guys doing? Um, so just general thoughts. I thought it was going to be a ball fest, to be honest, because that means it was Zandfort and the Red Bulls were in front. But I think this 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 race kind of highlights like what the whole entire regulations are all about now. I I didn't even think the the fight was at the like forefront. The midfield was hot today. I think that was where the fight was, yeah. And um I loved seeing that midfield. I don't know what the I don't know what they put in the house. I personally think that you should go and look at that car again. Or maybe check those boys for drugs, but man. <laughs> that was an unbelievable drive from every single house team, from any every of the house drivers. Um the Alpine boys too were looking really, really sharp. Ocon in the fifth, Alonso intense. I know I'm not the biggest Alonso fan too, but yeah. That was like a very solid drive from them. Um I think Ferrari's biggest enemies the Ferrari biggest, like they are, they are the worst, they are their own enemies, as far as I'm concerned. I just think they are going to fuck it up. It's not strategy or something, but yeah, they need to get that shit together. Really sad about Perez. He put on quite the fight. I was looking forward to what he had to do. Um, personal opinion Russell has already doing juju for him at this point because he's just unbelievable. Like, how do you end up fourth? Um, Hamilton, Hamilton, as always. Yeah, but yeah, first thoughts, that's what I think. I think it was a, it was a solid race. Um, the military was popping. I'd love to see more of that, yeah. Thank you very much, um, Marzi. Well, uh, um, on Russell, I'll I'll just add that uh, his experience being in the midfield, being in a Williams, you know, is, well, let's say it's helping him because the way he blazed through that midfield um, towards the end of the race was very shocking. You know, and maybe even though for the few retirements that we've had, he might have ended up P6, you know, or or rather even due to the collision, you know. So it's just very difficult to say where he could have ended up, but it was still a fantastic um, recovery from um, Russell, you know. Um, okay, I think he's down. Um, okay, yeah, Yemi. So, yeah, Yemi, please go ahead and um, address here, Kemi. Thank you. Okay, uh, thanks. Uh, I mean, yeah, but like, yesterday, what was I saying yesterday? I said, I hope uh, 
I hope Leclerc does the business, even though Ferrari is a useless thing. And everything just played out as I hoped, right? So Leclerc did the business, but Ferrari too also proved that they were useless thing. You know, with that, uh, like, I mean, at this point, I don't know how to... This is, you can't you can't fight a championship with this kind of car. But I think they've, they've come out, Binotto has come out and said, oh, like we didn't expect to fight for a championship this year. So maybe that's the mindset they have. I think it's uh okay. Sorry guys, <laughs> I'm driving out of my house. Yeah. Um. So um. So uh. Yeah. I think uh. You know. Ultimately, happy like Claire one. I think uh. You know. This is. This is. You know. Uh, I guess I'll I'll take it as as clawback from from what happened in Spain and Baku. Even though you can never get those points back, but it's it is what it is. Uh. Lewis. You know. I wasn't honestly. I wasn't expecting a podium. You know, but he drove a fantastic race, great overtake of Mick Schumacher in the middle sector, man. Like overtaking where, where it's not, it's, it's not. I mean, that's not a usual overtaking spot. I mean, even though there, there's been many, but a lot of overtaking happens on the straight. So, I think that made the race for him because that overtake was crucial. You know, it meant that he was able to then go and partake on uh, Magnussen and, and the other drivers in front of him. And then he was able to, to race his race. I don't think the Mercedes were far off in terms of pace today. I mean, there was there was a slight there was a slight offset, but I don't think it was that massive. I think you know the gap we're seeing was just largely driven by the fact that you know a lot of a lot of the Mercedes cars spent plenty of time in the midfield, so Russell and and, and Hamilton, and then as a result, you know, they just lost time being uh, being behind some of the neutral players. But as soon as they released, you know, at some point, Lewis was much was on pace with uh, with the Ferraris, except for Verstappen, who had just gotten the car. So, I mean, I'm still optimistic. I think the car is here. I think without the crash that we had uh, in, on Saturday, this race could have been slightly, it could have been closer up front. We could have been seeing a battle of six cars as opposed to uh, three cars today. But it is what it is. On to France. Um, I know I've been saying it here. But I think Leclerc is a a better driver than Max. People will, will vehemently oppose me, but I'll say it again. I think you know the guy is a fantastic driver. I just hope that Ferrari can can give him a car that won't blow up randomly throughout. You know, as a, to, to fight the champion. Because if they have a good car, because if the car has the pace, hundred percent, the pace is there. But you know, if the engine is not there, then the car is finished. So I'm just hoping that they can give him a car that will, you know, just be there. Because that, that's all he needs. He will do the rest, you know. Hopefully, Mercedes are back, back on track in, uh, or are, are able to fight even, even closer in, in France. Thanks. Thank you very much, uh, Yemi. Thank you so much, uh, Adeni. Please. I thought I was going to go next. Oh, sorry. Um, Abasiakeme. Sorry. Um, Adeni was. Um, he dropped out earlier on. So, um, no, you will no. after. Yeah, sorry about. Good that, afternoon. Please. Can you hear me? Yes, please. Yes, we can hear you, please. Oh. Yes, so uh, if you can hear me, I would just like to say, first of all, big ups to the man on my profile, Lewis. Yeah, back to back to back podiums for the man. And then uh, unlucky for... Valtteri was unable to finish in the points. He had a very, very good drive. And everyone seems to miss that. And uh, Dan Eric is back in 
uh, back scoring points, but uh, was behind Norris almost throughout the race, except the time he got ahead in, in lap one. But um, that's behind us now. Um, I I would like to oppose Yemi, who said uh, Leclerc is better than Max, even though Max was very, very great today. But uh, uh, that's a very big claim from <laughs> saying uh, Leclerc is better than Max. But uh, I will not argue that as long as we agree that uh, Lewis is the is the best on the grid. So um yeah, as as we were spectacular yesterday and today. And yesterday I, I think they they kind of fucked up and they cost they lost uh, the place to Lewis if they had be more organized, they could have orchestrated an easy um I, was it seven eight fin- uh, place for the start today because um Schumacher always had DRS to pull pull away from Hamilton until Magnussen started running away and uh, it was quite easy for Lewis to take him out of the way. And it will have been the same for Magnuson too, if there was more time. But anyway, but um, that's that for today, or for now. Um, probably as we go down the grid, we'll talk more about the other guys. So yeah, thank you very much. Thank you so much, uh, Adeni. Uh, yes, we'll be moving on to the grid uh, later on. So um, Abbasia, can I please? Then Quicksilver, thank you. Yeah, as everyone has mentioned, super interesting race, especially in the midfield battle. Lots of uh, overtakes, and yeah, it's uh, very different from Imola, where there was you know, a lot of cars in the DRS train and they couldn't just get past each other, they just stayed like that to the end of the race. But, I mean, today we saw cars going past each other and overtaking again in the next corner. Super stuff. Uh, super impressive drive for Charles. Red Bull had no answers today. And uh, I don't think that's worrying. I don't think, you know, obviously things would differ weekend by weekend. Hopefully they can just pick themselves back up. And, you know, just as last week, yeah, last week, you know, in a week where it could have been worse for, I mean, it's not, even for Red Bull, it could have been worse. I mean, if science finished, you know, but, you know, science going out, cancels, Leclerc going out. So for Max, it could have been, you know, far worse. He's only lost five points to Charles today, lost six last week. And, you know, I mean, with the way both races went, he could have easily lost almost 30 points in this in both this week. So there's positives to to um to hold on to from a Red Bull perspective. Ferrari and there's worries about reliability. And I know like everyone has been hard on Ferrari recently, but I don't I mean they've had the watch watch of reliability issues recently, but I think across the entire season, I don't think like they've necessarily had it worse than Red Bull. I think it's both things are we have like very similar number of retirements or, or issues. So it's not like Red Bull is out of the clear. There's still worries for them too. So 
I just hope things uh, stay interesting going forward. I say this super from Hamilton and Russell, super from Haas. Ricardo scored points. A miracle, thank God. So, and Alonso for me. I'm happy about that. So, there's, yes, there's, you know, there's positive things all around, you know. So, did very good first week. Let's see what uh, France has for us. Thank you, Abbasia uh, Kemen. Uh, quick silver, please. Thank you for waiting. Yeah, fantastic race today, to be honest. Like, it was really, really fantastic. <coughs> um, great win for Leclerc, I must say. Like, he, he really deserved the win anyways, you know. Then I'm um, on to Max. Someone said something about Max, that Max is not um, a good driver. I'll beg to differ, you know. I'm not a Max fan, I'm a Hamilton fan, but he's always good when you spot talent. You, you know, give credit to who credit is due. Max is a wonderful driver. The only thing about Max is his attitude towards driving. That's just it. Aside from that, Max is a fantastic driver, you know. And um, it was, I thought from the get-go of the race, he was just going to pull away completely from the pack, you know, but... Leclerc said something yesterday after the sprint that, you know, they were going to get him today, like as if, you know, they, they found out something or they knew something, you know, from their cars yesterday after the sprint, you know, and which they did, you know, they they did what they had to do, you know. Um, unfortunately, maybe due to setup, Max was having a high tire deg, you know, during the race. And also that really hampered his chance up until the latter end of the race where Leclerc was having issues with his um, throttle pedal. I know, but, you know, thankfully he didn't bottle it and the car didn't give way. I know, you know, I really feel bad for signs. I saw a post where someone said, Ferrari give it, Ferrari ticket, and I just laughed, you know. They always have reliability issues, you know. That's just their biggest problem, and which is, you know, the, the, the one thing that you wouldn't want to have as a race driver, you know. But that really played into the hands of Mercedes, you know, Hamilton, you know, the 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 chairman, the master of of tire management, you know, he was the only one that took that tire, the first tires to 27 laps before changing on to the mediums and took it straight to the end of the line. You know, I must give credit to him, you know, if it comes to tire management, he has it up there. I know coming from Quali where we crashed and onto yesterday's sprint where Gasly veered left into him and you know we had a a brake disc and suspension issue and starting from p8 up to p3 to be honest i'll, I'll give him driver of the day i uh, know mercedes really really did a good job today and you know russell having to come from a five second penalty and up back to fourth i give him he had a good drive too but then again something is in that house you know something has has is onto something. I don't know what it is, but Haas is really, really, you know, doing something to those cars that is giving them the extra straight line speed that Hamilton was complaining about in terms of having to overtake Mick Schumacher. And then again, Mick Schumacher has shown that he is worthy to be in that um top top six where he is. Because as I yesterday he was upset that he wasn't allowed to overtake Magnussen who he felt he was way faster than, and today he proved it on the track. And I'm um, very unlucky drive for most of drivers 
for Perez, it's, it's unfortunate. I I wouldn't um I, I don't fault him. Yes, he gave room to Russell, you know, but racing incidents happen. Drivers know what they feel when they drive, and we when we see it from the TV, we you know we judge it from what we see. Yes, Russell was wrong. I, I just feel bad for Perez, but it's good for Mercedes that they are up in the points, third and fourth year. Hopefully, um, in France, we'll see how else we fare. But to be honest, our pace was way off from what it was in Silverstone. I don't know if it's because of the crash we had and and having to, you know, do a quick fix on the on the floors of the car and then having a new chassis or an old chassis for for um, Lewis. But let's see how it goes next race in France. Thank you very much, uh, Quicksilver. Um, just to add to what you've said, um, for Mercedes, I would say I would give them a benefit of the doubt that probably the incident, or rather the accident from both drivers on Friday, probably disrupted their weekend or their plans because um, we all saw the new floor, you know, and so there's we. We had, and then the times we were putting in were uh, fantastic lap times, you know. So it's it's just unfortunate what happened, you know. So um, I guess in two weeks we'll be able to know and uh, determine whether they will be able to make a step forward to um, the rest of the top two. Um, Miss Catrock and then um, uh, Torino, please. So yes, Miss Catrock, please go ahead. I think the problem that Mercedes have had is they had no spare parts. So they were driving more cautiously than usual because they knew if they had any problems or crashes, they had nothing to work with. But outside of that, I think that they both drove really well, um, especially um, George Russell with a 5.5 second penalty to come back and still be fourth. And I was actually quite impressed that the marshals were giving everybody those penalties and it, they weren't picking and choosing who they were giving the penalties to. When I woke up this morning, I said, Lord, please, please let Lewis be on the podium today. And God delivered. So I am happy about that. I feel really bad for Ferrari because at first um, I was like, oh my God, this means that Lewis has a, a podium. But then when I saw the fire, I was really worried that he wouldn't be able to get out on time. And then I even tweeted saying, oh, why didn't they use a fire extinguisher? But that guy who's a marshal from Canada responded and he was given an explanation as to why they didn't do that. But I do also think that the midfield was very exciting um, this race. And for a change, they actually were showing the action in the midfield because I think what happens, Sky tends to concentrate on what's happening at the front and then you don't know what happens in the middle or the back. So it was really good. Um, Alonso, as much as I can't stand him, drove quite well today. But yeah, overall, it was a really good race. I really enjoyed it. Um, the thing I really didn't like is the fans in Austria being racist and homophobic. And I think FIA really needs to start penalising teams at their home grounds if their fans behave like that, because they do that in football. So if you're going to behave like that, you can't come. Simple. And that's my two cents. Thank you, Ms. Cartrock. Um, on that... Um 
if that aspect, um, I believe it's just unfortunate, you know. Um, well, when you have, well, I say there are role models who um, carry out this outrageous behaviors, you know, um, what do you expect from the people they look up to, you know? So um, I believe, um, as Ms. Katrock has said, the FIA needs to um, take a stronger stance, you know, in dealing with racism as well as um, homophobia um, in this society. So um, I really don't know why they stopped the we race as one thingy, but I guess it is what it is. Um, Torino, please go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, F1 Niger, and thank you so much for being consistent with this space. You know, every time the race finishes, I know that I just go on Twitter, I refresh, and the space is there. So, well done on the consistency. Um, I'm a Ferrari fan, so of course, I had my heart in my mouth this afternoon. You know, I'm happy, of course, that Charles won the Austrian Grand Prix over Max Verstappen. I am also happy that, you know, Lewis Hamilton you know, completed the podium and came third. Of course, I'm heartbroken that Carlos Sainz retired. I think one of the hardest, um, one of the most painful sounds I've heard this weekend was Carlos Sainz saying, no, 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 oh, no, no. That was, <laughs> I could feel it in my chest for him, right? So, yeah, but um, that was that was quite sad, you know. I think the race was a very exciting race. I enjoyed it, of course. It had its ups and its downs from when Leclerc took the lead, um, when Verstappen pitted on lap 12, um, then Leclerc then pitted later, lap 27. Um, and the whole scare at the end, when Leclerc kept on complaining, oh, my throttle pedal. Guys, I have, I've never counted tons in my life, I was counting tons, like, okay, that's turn two. I'm talking about the final lap, right? Okay, that's turn two. Okay, that's turn four. Okay, we're almost there. That's turn seven. I counted it up to turn 12, man. Like, it was it was that crazy. But all in all, man, I think there's a lot of excitement going into France. Uh, I wish we had gotten a bit more points from and the constructors, but um, Carlos Sainz car had to, you know, go on fire, unfortunately. Well, we, you know, we caught the lead by a bit, but not much. Um, but I think it shows a lot of things. I think, first of all, it shows that the Ferrari is fast. You know, it's just not, just not very reliable, you know, which is the sad part. Uh, I think it also shows that they are improving in terms of their strategy, uh, last time I was saying that, you know, I think we need to recruit a new head of strategy for Ferrari. But it seems like the guy, whoever it is that is responsible for strategy, has been given a knock on his head and is now thinking properly because I like how they manage the virtual safety car situation. I had my fingers crossed then, looking at what they would do then. Um, I'm also happy for Lewis, you know. They, funny enough, Mercedes has, since Monaco, like they said, They've been consistent on the podium, so which is good for them. They're thinking about the disastrous start they had at the beginning. And I told people around me, I said, this this year's Formula 1, it was seeming like it would be uh, too hot race or boring at the beginning, but it's, it's getting really exciting. So I can't wait for France. Um, hopefully, we we are more reliable in, in France, I mean, Ferrari. And uh, we, we, we were able to cut the gap a bit more. 
So yeah, it was a great race. Enjoyed it. Let's go to France. Thank you so much, um, Turner. Thank you also for your um kind words. Um, yeah. So okay, I see a few hands up. Um, Mas, I know you've been waiting. So Mas, um, Yemi, then Akaman, please in that order. Then um, Imadi, you have the floor after them, please. Um, yeah, Mas, please go ahead. Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, I it's I just want to touch on the Perez and Russell incident, and I think it's gonna spark a debate here. But um, obviously the the um, the guys, the the race, not race directors, but the say commissaire in French, but I forgot the name. Anyways, they 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 deemed that it was Russell's fault, and to be honest, I do agree. But to an extent, I feel like. Um, obviously, Perez should have could have given a bit more space, but at the same time, it's not a race fault because he's a he's a he's a is that they're going right, so you're a bit drifting on the left once you're taking the curve. But then, I also think that it was over aggressive, especially it was at the start of the race. You don't, uh, especially I don't know, like you don't really need to be that aggressive. I don't know what you guys think. I personally think that if he wasn't that aggressive, the race could have been different for him. So I don't know what you guys think in terms of, do you think he should have given more space or do you think he was more aggressive or do you think he just did what he had to do and it was just a simple race incident and it is what it is? Thank you very much, uh, Mas. Uh, Yami, please go ahead because I know you would like to answer that. Um, I mean, so... Did Mars say uh, Russell was too aggressive? Is that what Mars said? Nah, I mean Perez. Perez was too aggressive. Okay, yeah. I agree. I agree. I think you know in the first lap of the race, like I, I mean I, I, this new, this new, um, these new rules, right? This new, uh, what do you want to call it now? Um, these new racing rules that they or these new racing applications that they are there, regulations, regulations that they are trying to apply on this, on this rules. I think they are weird. I think they're very weird, right? Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, right? Going out, going out on the outside in that particular corner is almost a dead sentence. Man. There's no driver. There is no driver on that grid that will let you overtake them on the outside in that corner. Can't check it. All the all the overtakes on the outside in that corner today. If the guy, if you hadn't done it before. You know, if you hadn't done it before that corner, maybe you were already ahead. And but even though you're on the outside, right? You no driver on the grid will let you take them on the outside. You know, it happened with Vettel on Gasly. We saw it with Perez on on Russell. In fact, Norris almost overtook Magnus Magnussen on that same corner. He was ahead, was very well ahead before the corner, but it was on the outside, and Magnussen still was was still like ahead after the corner. So, I think you know, context is is very important here. I, I think this still was. The, the way they are playing the rules, they just need to figure it out, man. They need to figure it out. First of all, there's the issue of consistency. You know, one thing goes in Silverstone, a different thing goes goes today. Who knows what will go next next year? Our next next in the next race in France. I think it's just it's a mess, right? And like I said yesterday, man, the the quality of stewardship is already is approaching Premier League levels of stupidity because that's kind of that's what we see in the Premier League every other week. We just see the issues, right? But I think it's will improve because now even drivers are calling out, calling it out. Vettel stormed off. You know, we don't know what what it was, what the issue was. I, I mean, but based on what I read, 
or what I may have read somewhere. It was, it was similar issues on the way they're just applying, like what's happening. And we have the two GPDA um, um, leaders, Russell and Vettel, have come out and to say, this is, this, 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 is, uh, this is inconsistent. But guess what, man? Last year, we're shouting it. That is inconsistent. It's inconsistent. But because obviously, you know, it wasn't affecting it. All that were Lewis Hamilton fans were like, this is inconsistent. They need, need to apply. But now that it's touching everybody, everybody is not complaining. I think it, either way, we'll make progress, right? Because I think one solution could be, let's just have permanent stewards, people that, so that even if there's three stewards every race, let two be permanent and let there be one person that comes. You know, let's have permanent stewards to get. I think that could, that could at least introduce some consistency into the way they apply the rules. But that's it. I, I like the fact that they were very consistent with the lap time deletions uh, this weekend. I think it, that was very good. And, I, and I, I want to see more of that. My only issue is that by the time these guys start applying it consistently, you know, then Christian Honor or maybe these guys on or, or like some of these, some of these, you know, the first of all, the pundits, all these sky commentaries, you know, start saying, let them race, you know. So and I've seen that happen so many times in F1. One time the students decide to they want to be strict, and then after a few races, they'll not be like, oh, okay, let, you know, the um the this the, the the commentators will start, you know, they'll start saying things like, Yeah, like you know, let's like I think we should slow down on this, you know, it's getting too much, then people relax again. So I don't know. I, I would like to see it continue. I'm more I'm all for fair, you know, fair racing, you know. So uh, I think that's just all I have to say on that. Thanks. Imadi, thank you very much. Um, so it was, I believe it was uh, Ackerman that was next. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Um, yeah. So, uh, like someone said, thank you, admin, for you know the consistent spaces. You know, every every time, like every time. So, every qualifying, every race. You know, it's really you know <laughs> it's it's a lot of work, and we. I really do recommend um, commend you on that. Uh so um well um what I have to say is just um well I think this Austrian Grand Prix is probably the best I've like the best racing I've seen so far this year. I don't I missed a couple of races but the ones that the ones I've watched. So um you know I think it has the most overtakes and it has the most number of um lap time deletion and penalties going out here and there the stewards were just you know a new red cards to everybody like guy take this one take that one take that one so so it's just for the and um and yeah the stewards and consistency yeah well i think i, I think it's only happens when uh the big teams are involved um i mean the mercedes the ferraris and the and the red bulls because clearly uh i think the the issue of um i think there was an issue with um albon during the i think during the sprints that they gave him a penalty for exactly the same thing that um perez did in silverstone so so i don't know probably they are just you know now f1 and trying to um structure the whole season in the most entertaining way so i'm sure it's part of their play so and um well Kudos to Ferrari because I was, I before the before the start of the Grand Prix, I was very sure it was going to be a Red Bull, you know, one two or maybe a Red Bull one three. But I I was pretty sure um, Max is winning this one and all. And lo and behold, Ferrari is just pulling out the lap times out of nowhere and all. So um, then 
at the end, um, almost at the end of the race, another real, uh, reliability issue, you know, typical from Ferrari. <laughs> Someone said Ferrari, <laughs> Ferrari give us a ticket. Like, yes, that's it. But then, but then I'm still glad um, Charles won. But, but then I really wish we could have done a lot of um, damage to the lead between the Red Bull and the and the Ferraris. So, but then all in all, we'll take it one step at a time. Well, next week, uh, the French Grand Prix. I don't know. I think at this point, you can't really know what to expect from both Red Bull and Ferrari. You know, going to a track, you can't say, oh. This person is going to, you know, it's going to bust this track, and this person is just going to be, you know, playing catch up. So, I think, or maybe after, even after qualifying, you can still help because after, uh, okay, except maybe after the the sprint yesterday, you know, the Ferrari guys were pretty sure about today, like they were pretty confident, and it was very obvious. So, only God knows what they found out, but but it is what it is. So I just I hope something similar you know for the french grand prix and going forward but but not the reliability part so um that's all then yes sorry um mick ha, i have to mention i have mick shimega is, is 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 an honorable mention i'm giving mick an honorable mention you know mick has been i've been one of those people who have been saying a lot of things about mick about him not putting in the performance but the last two races, yeah, then man has been, you know, pulling strings and it is actually it's good to see. So hopefully we just we can hope he becomes you know consistent and the as whoever is advising them now should just keep it up on the strategy. So yeah, that's that's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Akaman. Thank you for supporting us as well and for your kind words. Um, okay, I see a lot of hands up. Um, okay, please, if you know you were meant to go next, please just go ahead and start speaking because I can't even remember. Um, okay, can I speak? Okay, go ahead. Thank you. Okay, okay hold on. Sorry, just before you uh, speak. Uh, okay, so, um, Imade, Imade, please, you go after him, then um, Abasia Kennedy and Jephta, please, in that order. Thank you. Okay, just to um, add to what Mas um, talked about, about Perez being too aggressive. Yeah, I, I think looking at it now, yes, I agree with him wholeheartedly because it's just the start of the races, like the third corner, you know, and you, you know you have one of the fastest cars on the track. You just have to wait it out, maybe two or three laps, and you've gone past those cars in front of you it's not like it's a no-brainer so there was really no need for him you know trying to have a tussle with um russell at that corner i just rhymed there i didn't even know why you know but then and, and also um with what yemi said i think that would be spot on in terms of the steward it, it, it would be so nice to have like two people that are consistent over races you know, as against having different stewards coming for different races, people are interpreting the rules the way it suits them as against what should be um, the FIA standard. Unlike um, the way we have in football, where we have um, people who are there 
on a steady. So I, I think with what Yemi said, it would really make sense if we have people who are there consistently. Then also, in um, I read where Toto Wolf said that the repairs they made on the two Mercedes cars already cost them one-third of the 3.1% increase in the cost cap that um, FIA allowed recently, you know. And with what he just said, I, I can see... I can see a few um, constructors, you know, breaching that cost cap. This is just half of the season, and they are already close to the co- they are already close to the cost cap, even with the extra three point one percent that they were that, that has been added to them. You know, so it will be quite interesting to see how the end of the season goes with this cost cap issue. Yeah, that's it for me. Thank you very much, uh, Quicksilver. Um, I think I think you made the points there, you know. Um, because with the with the increase now, is how quick are these team principals going to start complaining again, you know, after um this increase, you know. So um yeah, it's just very interesting. So uh, moving on, Imade, please take the floor. Thank you. Oh uh, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, just to keep on on the whole consistency of the stewards then. Yeah, I understand, and this is something that we've complained about for years. I think even the whole report that came out from Vettel said, I think 15 years they've been completely talking about this thing and all that kind of a thing. But for this particular um, Austrian Grand Prix and that turn four, is it? Yeah, if I'm right, I think it's turn four. There were Perez went out, where Albon, I think where Gasly and Vettel had an issue and all that kind of a thing. Personally, I think the stewards have been consistent there. Because if you look at last year, I think Perez and Charles had an issue there multiple times. And they always penalized the person that was on that forced the other person outside. Yesterday they did the same thing to Albon. Today they did the same thing to George Russell. So um, technically they've given power to whosoever is on the outside who is forcing a move. Even Gasly and Vettel, they still penalized Gasly. So I think there's a there's been consistent in that regard as if anyone is on the outside or side by side or slightly ahead. Even um, Albon and Hamilton a couple of years ago, they penalized Hamilton. So for that particular incident, for that particular turn, they've technically been consistent on that. And by now, the drivers should know. So saying that, knowing that in mind, looking at those precedents that have happened, I can't actually say, I won't... Hindsight is a beautiful thing, but I won't say um, Perez was overly aggressive. The best point, the best time to make moves and gain positions at the beginning of the race. So looking at all those hindsight and how they've, been, how they've consistently penalized whosoever is on the inside. And secondly, they, um, Judge Russell took too much curb and lunged slightly into the side of Perez. So... Perez was not overly aggressive and it was a much really deserved penalty. So for that, the stewards have not been um, inconsistent. Then for the whole VA, for the whole um, stewards thing that Yemi mentioned, yes, I'm of that opinion as well. But on that way, they can actually do it is since there's the whole video conferencing thing in real time and servers, they should just set up a proper station in their in um, their base. Where I think their base is in Geneva. And the stewards don't would obviously adjudicate the whatsoever incident or whatsoever track infringement that has happened 
right from there on the from the track and they would communicate the decision so they can have seven and maybe you'll have to it's not be like more of a um court justice supreme court blah 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 system everyone has an opinion and they vote on it and we'll have consistency towards because some of all these things they always say oh no two incidences are same but some of all these things have similar they have similar um outlook how and corner entry and exit and all that kind of a thing so by the time they've gone through this over the years they become used to it so i'm of the opinion and, and it's all for will save them costs save them hotel bills save them travel costs for all these towards that they'll have to foot eventually so that's something they can look into yeah thank you um thank you very much imadi um i would have to 100% agree with everything you said you know because um they do this for football you know, VR, VR is not in the stadium directly. I believe it's in St. George's. If I'm wrong, should correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's in St. George's for the Premier League, uh, where the whole um, base and setup is, you know. So it's more of, um, I think another thing will be, maybe they might one thing they might consider is, are the tracks, um, um, like, do they, are the tracks equipped enough with um, such, will I say, such a technology that will be able to get everything or will be able to see everything that happens on track, you know? So that might be another um, angle or aspect um, to look at. But I honestly agree with um, everything you said, you know, because um, if you want, if, even if you want to look at um, what happened over, as is in Quali, um, Q2, Q3 again with Perez. Well, though they said they were looking at um, other um, clips, but sometimes decisions can be made um, quicker, you know. So, um, yeah, moving on, I believe we have um, Apasia Kemed and um, Jeff Tav. Thank you guys for waiting. Uh, Maria has uh, spoken well, covered 40% of what See, you know, yesterday I mentioned about how they judge um, these things differently, you know, which is like an issue. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. The rules are there. And you know, the fact that F1, I mean, I follow quite a number of sports, you know, little here and there, F1 and football program. But I don't think there's any other sports like F1 that you know, the rules are so wide and complicated and Every year we see rules having blind spots. You know, teams exploiting blind spots in rules, which they will not do what the rules says. And at the same time, they're not doing anything wrong. Like it's an issue in itself. And then they are still causing extra problems for themselves, in the sense that they say this: okay, don't run another driver off track. But then they give um, penalties for it. You know, differently for if it happens in this turn or in this. Corner, yes, definite penalty, which, as we've seen in this, I think that's done for, we've seen over the years, the definite penalty there. But then it will happen in other tracks, in other corners, and no further investigation. So that's like an issue. That, and I think it's because of, you know, in that corner, you know, if someone drives you off, you're going into the gravel, which is, which can definitely ruin your race. In other tracks, if they drive you off, you can easily drive back in. So I get, 
why they might be doing that, but it doesn't speak well for them. And uh, I mean, the question someone asked earlier about Perez and George, I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting your elbows out of the first lap to me. Like, Perez, he knew the risk, but I mean, it's part of racing, it's risks and all. So he had a right to, he had a right to go for that. And uh, about like the drivers, you know, speaking up now, you know, about uh, FI is um, inconsistent. I don't think drivers are just speaking up now. I think drivers have always been speaking, you know. Some are not just powerful enough to be heard. There are some who speak and, you know, those in the big teams will speak and everyone will hear them. If Magnussen is complaining about this too, nobody has his time now. So it just, I think drivers have always spoken up. But like I said yesterday, because of the way last season ended, things are now, you know, there's an extra attention to everything. That's why, you know, we're seeing this extra scrutiny and everything, which is good. Maybe the FI will sit up. I don't know. Anyone who follows football, any other sports, you know, people have complained about referees for years and years and years. All these things don't change. Well, one can hope. Let's see. Thank you very much, uh, Abasia Kemet. Uh, Jeff Tap, please. Oh, oh, yeah. Good evening, guys. Um, real quick, I was just going to say thank you to what the, what the host, F1 Niger. I think um, it's actually refreshing to actually find. I think I've been watching F1 since 2014. And in my life, I've never met even one Nigerian. Like, I've never seen eye-to-eye one Nigerian that watches F1. Like, like this one, today is like Christmas Day for me, actually. So... Yeah, um, really thank you for that. And then, um, so in terms of the refereeing and whatever happened, so last season when the Massey situation happened, I think there was a whole fuss about how he's overworked and all that stuff, which was some of the sympathy that um, commentators were giving him. And that's why they brought um, Freitas and Wittich, which is the two guys, basically. So I think the... the um, they can have multiple referees and whatever directors in it. So I think it can work. The issue of F1 is that there's always that entertainment factor. I mean, we have every track is painted. If it's not a track, even if it's a street circuit, it's painted and there are lines and stuff like that. It's a simple thing to say, like, if you cross this line, there's a penalty. There's no entertainment factor or whatever. That's been the biggest problem of F1. I don't feel like it's a, a refereeing thing because then... Um, on a certain track, the the reason why a driver is allowed to go with something he has done is because there's always that entertainment factor in it. In football, for instance, we have, you cross the line, the, the referee um, blows the whistle, the game stops, basically. In F1, they don't want to do that, basically, because they feel like it's disrupting for, in the entertainment. But then, Drivers also have a role to play in this, in them knowing that there are some things that they can get away with. But I think with Austria, or what just happened today, basically. And I think it was because of the uproar from the drivers and all that stuff, from Alonso to Vettel and Russell and every, everybody. Basically, everything boils down to the driver knowing that you can't get away with anything. Like, there's, it's a pure, like, you get it, if, if you cross the line, and you're not supposed to cross the line, straight up, it's a penalty, you're going to get repetitions for, there's going to be repetitions for your actions and all those things. But then, yeah, that is that. And then about the Red Bull... The Perez move first. First thing first, I felt like that was a first life, uh, first lap incident. I don't know why that was um, a penalty per se. And then 
like we all we've known F1 for so long now. I think we know that there are moves you don't make on certain people. Like I feel like a Red Bull making that kind of move on a Mercedes on the first lap, that was like very audacious. Like there's a move a Mercedes will make on a Haas or on a what's the name on a Williams or something like but they are certain you won't pass, you won't make that kind of move on someone like Max, for instance. If Max and whatever. So basically, if you are making certain moves, like there are just some moves that like you you have to obviously you choose your battles, like who you are fighting with, you know who what this person is fighting for, you know what is going to cost you. So I feel like that should have been a first lap incident. On another lap, on another lap, that was like a very fair, it was a fair penalty to give, but that was a first lap incident, in my opinion, basically. And then yeah. I'm really looking forward to... Everybody's looking forward to France. Unfortunately, France would have been more interesting had the technical um, directive been enforced in France. Unfortunately, I don't even understand the logic of allowing it to Belgium, gives Red Bull and the rest, whatever, more time to fix their problems or whatever they have going on. But it would have been interesting to see what effects the technical directive will have on teams like um, Red Bull and Ferrari and what that would mean for the championship. But yeah. Um, yeah, once again, really happy to yeah, have this conversation with Nigerians, man. Like, it's actually, yeah, um, kudos, man. Thanks. Thank you very much, um, Jephthah. Um, thank you very much. Um, I believe we've been doing this for over a year now. So, over a year. Sorry, two years, yeah. So, um, so yeah, a big thank you to everyone that has been supporting us from day one. You know, Yami, Imadi. Um, a whole lot of people, you know. Thank you very much, guys. Um, yeah, so, yeah, moving on. Um, we have some hands up. Um, Mas, then Miss Catrock, please. Then, um, before... Oh, sorry, Mas. Um, then, if anyone wants to talk about the top three teams, then um, we'll discuss that before we move on to the rest of the grid. Thank you. Yeah, hi. Uh, sorry, I'm just going to bring that first in again because it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's very interesting to see, like, different... Um, opinions right so i'm just gonna quick so i'm gonna reply to like i think it was imade and someone else i don't remember who exactly anyways um of course in the rules there's nothing wrong in sticking out the inside in the first lap i mean you do what you want with your car but then obviously you need to drive smartly and that's why i have so much respect and love for lewis hamilton because he knows when to pick his battles he knows when to stick it out of the inside and he knows when not to that's why I think personally that Sergio Perez was too because you have a better car. Like there is no, there was no nothing. It was so audacious, and the risk reward balance was like it wasn't. Like, it just was not worth it, and that's what I think. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with sticking your elbows out in the first lap, but I mean, because I race, for example, I race online, right? And when I know that. I, I I know I have the pace. I won't go and try stupidities on the first turn, on the first lap. Do you get? And I mean, it ruined his race and he could have easily been P3 in my, what, what I thought, I thought that Perez would have gone up to P3 because it was P5. Only person I, I heard of him was Russell. Obviously, he has a better car. And signs and signs just can't keep up with Perez. That's what I thought. But then, think logically like why would you stick it up the inside now i think imadi said russell took too much curb and blah, 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 blah. and you're right he took a lot of curb but then the thing with um with turns right is, is a lot about the entry 
and your exit, right? So if you don't have that good entry because you've been squeezed out so much, same thing happened last uh, last race with Silver in Silverstone. And I'll get back to that because I didn't join that space. But if you get squeezed too much, you will be forced to take a lot of curb and you will be forced to go a bit more wide. So why would you then squeeze, squeeze someone up to that point? Then, obviously, that person is going to have to go wide and ruin your race. Why would you think about that? And as I said, same thing happened last race with um, Lewis and um, and uh, Charles at Cops. So Charles did not squeeze Lewis as Max squeezed Lewis last year. So if you're not squeezed that much, of course you'll be able to hit that apex and you'll be able to give enough room to the person on the outside at Cops to overtake you on the outside. But if you're squeezed, your entry is ruined, of course, your exit will be ruined. You will have to run wide. And the car on the outside will be in the bin. And that's what happened. Now, you, as a as a Perez, you are, what, second in the championship. You know you can capitalize on so much points. You have a better car. You've had pace. Like, why would you do that? It doesn't make sense to me personally. But, I mean, that's what makes this space nice because everyone has different ideas, right? Uh, Imani, please respond. Thank you. All right. Yeah, um, Mas, I understand what you're saying, and I won't say you are right or wrong because this is just difference of opinion. But the whole essence of racing and trying to overtake into corners is trying to force your competitor, your rival, into some sort of mistake, and then they will be forced to give up position. So if I'm if I'm going into a corner with you and I'm squeezing you to the curb, and you are deciding to ride that curb, and which the curb is actually higher than the road where all the front wheels are, you, there, there's a tendency for you to probably break your front wing, puncture your tire, get bounced as a, as a Russell got bounced into, um, into um, Perez. So there's a potential for a lot of things. And that is why drivers do that. They squeeze their opponent, and the opponent gives the position, and then they get the they get the advantage that they're looking for. So it is that is the whole essence of trying to overtake into a corner. And just to touch on something, um, I'm pleased. This is not me trying to litigate uh, Max, Lewis, Charles, Lewis, Cobb, Silverstone, but Silverstone yet last last week. Charles actually squeezed Lewis because Lewis hit the apex much more than last year when he hit, no, when he did that. No. no, no, please, please, let me just finish, please, please, please. So Lewis actually hit the apex better this time than last year, and I can understand why Lewis didn't do it last year because he actually needed enough of that bullying that Max was doing to him. So I can understand that. Do you understand? But if you if you're saying if you go to, go and check the racing lines, I can actually I I don't I can't I have the video, but I don't. There's no tweet where they compared racing lines to Lewis hitting the apex and Lewis deciding not to hit the apex against with the accident of Max. So that's what something else I wanted to touch on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Imadi. Um, I know I see Yemi and Miss Catrock, but Yemi, please let me allow Miss um, Catrock to go first. Thank you, Miss Catrock, please. Perez has become increasingly audacious in the last few races. I don't know where he's feeling himself from. I think once he got a few wins under his belt, 
he's thinking, oh, yeah, um, I, I can be as aggressive as Max. And I've noticed that Mercedes, they now just treat him like the op. Because last week when he was at Silverstone and he tried to friend up Lewis, he was not having it. Because he, again, is now being, I feel like Max is rubbing off in him and not in a good way. So his driving style has become more like on the dangerous side, in my opinion, where he never used to drive like that before. So he needs to pack it in. Thank you, Miss Cartrock. Yeah. Um, honestly, if I, before Yami goes, let me, let me hear what Yami wants to say before I even comment. Yami, please go ahead. Yeah, so um, I'll go back again to what I said earlier, right? If you look at every overtake in that corner, since we started racing on that track, since F1 came back, anybody who has tried to overtake on the outside, more often than not, their race gets ruined. They get squeezed out. They end up on the gravel. The race gets ruined. <laughs> and the person that overtook may or may not get a penalty. Either way, he gets maximum person gets a five seconds penalty. Right? And you know, the person will lose one or two places. So we put that into context, right? Why would you, as in Perez, on lap one, in a faster car, why are you trying to pull that move on the inside? Yes, you, you know, yes. Um, Russell was penalized. <laughs> I mean, it was penalized. So, you know, the 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 move was was judged to be the wrong one for, on Russell's part, and it was penalized for it. But who had who, who ended up retiring in the race? Perez. You know, you have to like look at it from that perspective. Even Max won't pull that move because he knows that any driver that you're, you're trying to go, either you're well ahead, well ahead before entering the corner. But you're not going to pull that move on the outside. It's not going to happen because all those those drivers are too proud to let you pass them on the outside on that kind of corner. They'll squeeze you out. Simple. Whether or not they get a penalty for it or not, it's just so instinctive to them. They'll squeeze you out. So that move was not a wise move from Perez. Yes, he was right. He was in the right. But guess who retired? I mean, like, I'm not even happy because it was my turbo driver on F1 Fantasy. So <laughs> I lost a lot of points today, you know, because of that silly Perez move, right? But ultimately, Right, that was just not a great move, right? And it goes back to what someone says about, about Lewis. That's what Lewis is very, he understands the drivers on the grid. People say, oh, it's, Lewis is cautious, he's pulling his punches. No, you know, when he's going to attack you, he attack you. He knows that, okay, this driver is crazy. I'm not going to be making that kind of move on the outside. Like, the risk, even if there's a chance that it will work, I won't do it because there's a chance that it won't work. And if it doesn't work, my race is finished. And that's how Lewis thinks. He's thinking the long game. Do you get? He's always thinking the long game. So, and that, that's the difference. You know, some drivers are like, you know what? I'll still get this guy. I'll still, is this not the last lap of the race? This is like, you know, middle of the race, first lap of the race. I'll still get this guy. So I didn't think it was, Perez may, may have been right to do that move, but in the long term, see what happens. See Vettel, same thing. He lost, he lost, he lost his race, you know, even though uh, Gazi was penalized, but he lost his race. Same thing with Albon, when he was fighting against Lewis, he lost his race. The guy would have been on for a podium, or maybe, was he a winner a podium? It was a podium. Right, and he lost his race. So at the end of the day, you just have to look at those kind of things into context, man. Like, okay, what, what do I have stand to lose? And at the end of the day, most more often than not, in that particular corner, you stand to lose the race, honestly. You know, so that's just the context I wanted to add. Thanks. Okay, uh I see sorry, can I just quickly add context to that very short? 
Okay, yes, uh, please. Um, okay, yes, please. Um, smart and quick, Tara. Um, I say quick, Tara. Quick, silver. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I think everyone. Um, um, Abasi, can you please go ahead? Thank you. Yeah, I think everyone has made them valid points, and yeah, I agree with you. You know, with the history of that particular turn, I mean, that track yet, it's um risky. But I just, I just maybe to jump in and defend Perez a bit. Yeah, you know, there was, you know. There was the idea of a Red Bull Ferrari one, two, three, four. I mean, before you eventually found out that, you know, Red Bull were no match. So there was that um, that um, eagerness to get into fourth and, you know, then battle with the Ferraris and plan the race. Because, you know, eventually you will still get past first, so everybody expects that. But you might just find yourself not being able to do that for six, seven laps and then science is pulling away. So maybe that's just that was just the eagerness to get it done at that time. Thank you very much. Um, Smart, please go ahead. Then, um, quick silver, please. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I want to touch on, on something. Um, um, Sena said. Okay. Okay. You... Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Is it a different topic from this, or still the same? No. Topic? No. 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 It's still on Paris. Okay. Okay. No problem. Carry on, please. Um, Sena said, if you see a gap and you don't go for the gap. You are no longer a racing driver. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. See, there was no gap. Hold on first, hold on first. See, like one funny thing, but like this same thing happened to Perez last year. I think it was either the Syrian or the Austrian Grand Prix. It was Norris that pushed him out. I think it was Perez. Yes, it was Perez. I ruined his race that year. This <laughs> this time around, he still went for the gap. That's just what. Racing drivers do. I know sometimes we can judge them when we look back at the race, but most times they're in the heat of the moment. They say space and they just go for it. You are driving a car at like 300 miles per hour, stuff like that. You blood is just flowing through your head. And once his race was ruined, um, Verstappen was just like a sitting duck because he had two Ferraris on his tail with no support from his his uh, his number two. So that just that just um messed him up. And that's what I was saying the um, Max is rubbing off on Perez wrong. I don't really think he's rubbing off on Perez wrong. That's just how Perez 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 sometimes does things like that. Sometimes he's inconsistent and that's one issue that I also have with him. He he goes on this period where he does well then he makes silly silly mistakes and then he's qualifying. I don't really know. Sometimes he's just off the pace. So bad day for Red Bull today but they should be able to catch up. So that's just what I want to say. Thank you very much, Al Smart. Well, on that, on I would everything that you said, apart from that corner, I do not agree because um, I I I feel there were other opportunities. Not like it's the last five laps or it's the last ten, um, two laps, and you're like, okay, let me just go for it. It's one lap, one out of seventy-one now. Come on, so, but either ways, um, quick silver, please go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, um, I just wanted to quickly say something about what Imadi said about um Perez, you know, or um drivers having to you know squeeze their competitors maybe into the curb, and or you know and the and the other driver having to yield position, you know. Yes, I agree, but not necessarily on the first lap at that corner, you know. That like everybody has, most people have said that corner is quite notorious. 
And then again, you it's like the first lap. Everybody is rushing out to, you know, let's get this race going. If you're saying Russell should have backed out, maybe having to break, then he's most likely going to be break testing people behind him. There are a lot of cars behind him. He will now cause a, a bigger collision. You know, he'll be the cause of an, a bigger accident with people hitting him from behind. You know, so I, I don't think that will really come into play at that particular corner on the first lap. If it was maybe four laps after when cars maybe must have pulled away from each other and it's just two cars fighting for that corner, then yes, I would agree wholeheartedly. Then I'm coming to what um, uh, I think Yemi said about Hamilton. If you watch yesterday, you know, from Perez's on board, when um, uh, Gasly, Gasly hits um, Hamilton, you see that during the sprint, was it, yeah, during the sprint, we knew there was a space in for Hamilton and for Gasly to take because there was uh, the um, Alonso's car was no longer there, you know. But if you watch what Hamilton did, he went for that gap, but immediately he knew he was a little bit at a loss because he didn't start, his tires didn't give him that um, proper start. He saw Gasly, he, he 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 slowed down and started pulling away to his left because, like Yemi was saying, he's very smart. He doesn't want to wreck his race just at the start, you know, he pulled away, he kept pulling away, and Gasly kept pulling into him, like, kept veering into him until he eventually hit him, you know, and then again, it got to a point where Hamilton couldn't, you know, pull away too much again because he was going to hit Albon, so he was just right there, like, okay, this guy is going to hit me, and he eventually hit him, you know, so it's all about you being smart, it's, it's the long run, you know, it's not just, oh, the first lap, at the end of the day, which equally goes back to what um, Perez did. It's not just about the first lap. Yes, Carlos might, you know, maybe move away a couple of seconds ahead of you and all, but it's a 72 race, um, uh, it's a 72 lap race, you know. It, it, it's not something that goes, that you, you, you do in one lap. It's 72 laps. Anything can happen. And we saw it. It happened at the end of the day, you know. Also, if, if you check also that same sprint, you know, you would also see where Hamilton had a chance to block off um, Perez to move just directly behind Schumacher. I know, you know, but he, if he knew he didn't have the pace, so he had to what give Perez that space. In giving that, in giving Perez the space, Perez entered and shunted a bit and still hit Hamilton again on his um, right tire. You know, so at the end of the day, you find out. As a driver, you you need to think forward. You don't. It's not about just oh that particular move. That particular move can ruin the rest of your race. You know that's that's just it. Thank you very much, uh, Quicksilver. Okay, I see a few hands up. Um, hey, how do I pronounce this one now? Lufano Quartz. Please don't be offended oh. if um I butchered it in any way. I'm sorry. Um, please uh, go no, ahead. No problem, my guy. Uh, thank you so much. I'm all the way from South, uh, South Africa. How are you guys? Um, I hope everyone is fine. Oh, um, um, welcome. We're all good. Thank you very much. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you, guys. And I'm still new on F1, but I'm I'm really learning a lot from this space. I have just put my notification now. All the spaces I will have to be listening to them. Uh, I need this kind of wisdom, guys. I need. I wanted to ask something. Um, 
why does it seem like uh, F1 or FIA, they always favors Red Bull? Because Sergio Perez can hit people and put them out of the track. No penalties there. Um, uh, um, I'm sorry, can I ask you, I know you say you are new to F1, but can I ask you how long you've been watching F1 for, please? For a year now. Okay, good, a year. Um, Imadi, please answer that because I, I feel you'll be the best person. Um, but I don't think he's done with the question. Are you done with your question? No, no, I still oh. have some. Oh, my All bad. Right, go ahead. Okay, okay, go ahead. Yes. And then uh, the second one, I heard that um, Ferrari and Red Bull, they manipulated the floor something. Is that I'm still new? They manipulated the floor something. But the FIA said, no, that rule is going to be applied in France. So are we going to see a new Mercedes-Benz uh, because the new rule is going to be applied in France? And how true is that? Because I found it in other uh, medias. And why is the Mercedes-Benz so weak in straight line? Because, guys, it's very painful to see... Uh, Max faster than passing Hamilton like that, guys. I don't know what's wrong with Benz. Thank you. Those are my questions. All the best, guys. I love the space. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. I mean, Maddie, please go ahead. All right. Okay. Yes. Before so the, for the first question about um, Perez or why does it seem like FIA is favoring Perez? And to, to be honest, I don't think the FIA is favoring anyone. Yes, there are inconsistencies, and every lots of almost all iPhone fans can attest to the inconsistencies of the FIA stewards. And even before you joined, we've talked about it. So sometimes it seems like they're favoring one team, but the same thing gets punished, the same thing gets on um, supposed unfair stuff. So generally, it's just general inconsistencies. Sometimes the same it seems it's swinging one way compared to the other. And um, so that's that about that. So I don't want you, as a new fan, I don't want you coming into the sport having opinions of, oh, the FIA is favoring one team more than the other. No, that's not the truth. And um, for the whole te- for the whole flaw and for the whole technical directive thing, yes, um, I think only Mattia Binotto, that's the Ferrari team principal, has actually come out to say, oh, the technical directives would affect their team. They would have to redesign parts of the floor. And I also want to make a distinction. I think there are are two, if I'm wrong, someone should correct me because I might be wrong, but I think I'm right. There are two technical directives that are going to be applied in, I think now, SPA, which was supposed to be France. One is about the deflection of the plank under the floor. And then the second one is for the vertical oscillation. That's the, what we know as the poison. So those are the two um, technical directives that are going to be applied. And it is personally, I find it weird and I find it strange that the FIA can't, has not come out directly to say, oh yeah, we found, we wrote a rule. There's a loophole. We found so, 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 and so contravening this loophole. And we are setting out these directives to, sort of come back to that there's just been so much ambiguity. So just to answer your question once again, there are two technical directives that are going to be out in SPA. 
One as to the deflection of the plank, that's the wooden stuff under the floor. And that's, um, I think it was supposed to not deflect more than two millimeters. And some people had some, some is deflecting up to like six millimeters. And then the second one is the vertical, vertical oscillation on the cars. Then your third question is about um, why Max is actually passing Mercedes-Benz on the streets. Uh, honestly, the simple answer is the Red Bull is simply stronger than the Mercedes at the moment. And until the Mercedes can actually match the Red Bull, I'm sorry, that's just going to be the case. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, Imade, for your contribution. Um, okay, I see a few hands up. Okay, we've got um, Papi Slay and uh, Mas. So, okay, so um, Papi Slay, please go ahead, then uh, Mas, then we'll move on to the rest of the grid, please. Thank you. Hi, guys. Um, uh, touching on, I guess we're talking about Checo. Yeah, so let me just... Yeah, the, um, the top three teams at the moment, please. Okay, the top three teams. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, I think Ferrari uh, did better with their decision making today. I was really, I was really impressed because I thought uh, after Max pitted, I thought they won't, they would not either react too early or react too late. But I think they did a good job, and if not for uh, what happened with Science, I think it would have been easily a one-two. But I guess, well, they need to fix up eventually. Um, as regards, uh, um, what's his name? Merck. I think, I mean, I don't think they're where they need to be. It's, 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 it's incredible, though, how their cars stay reliable. I mean, uh, as long as you finish the race, you always have a chance and as long as they are better than everyone behind them and it's just those top three teams and those top two teams they would always have a chance of getting the podium even if their car is not where it's supposed to be a ball uh, i'm guessing we'll get there as regards uh Checo, i don't understand why we are so biased in this in this group honestly because if it was george trying to go around Checo at that point and Checo tapped him, the mood in this group will be totally different. We all know exactly what we'll be saying. So I don't know why you're blaming a driver that, yes, it was a risky corner. Every single driver, there's no driver on that grid that doesn't take risks. You can't tell me you watched Hamilton win seven world championships and you did not see him take risks or you don't even see him do dirty things. There's no driver on that track that is not dirty. There's no driver on that track that does not do that does not do out-of-the-book stuff. It's just sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. But don't blame a driver for going outside because people crashed there last year or two years ago. Pretty much, if you see a gap, you take it. If he's not at fault, he's not at fault. Don't blame a driver for somebody else's mistake. Let's be serious now. Uh-uh. Anyways, moving on. Thank you. Mic drop. Thank you very much, Papi Slay. Yeah, Mas, please go ahead. Yeah, nah, me, it's funny. I'm just going to quick touch quickly on some things that were said, obviously, regarding the Checo, because it was, that. that's what I really wanted, you know, different opinions. And at the end of the day, that's why I'm, so I'm very, very grateful. Um, 
someone said that when you have a gap, you go for it and blah, 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 blah. And I agree with you because that's how racing works, right? It's a gap, you go for it. But then again, we go about, we, we, we are back to the same risk reward. You are at the beginning of the race. You have a better car. Broski, you're going to get there eventually. Like, that's the thing. Last, last, you're going to get there. So why are you moving so, you know, so street, right, right outside? Why are you doing all of that? Someone talked yesterday about the street race, and that was the exact thing I was talking about earlier on about Lewis Hamilton. You have Pierre Gasly on the right, you have this on the right. You know that, bro, it's not going to, it is more likely than not that this is not going to end well. So just don't do it. Actually, because you have 70 laps remaining. Do you understand what I mean? You have obviously you did it and it went wrong, and that's why I, I tend to agree with Miss Catrock because she said that it's, it's a really win it or bin it kind of thing, which we know is Max Verstappen uh, mantra. So I mean, at the end of the day, I don't that I don't know why would you really do it, but I mean, it's different opinions, and I like the fact that we all have different opinions. That's what makes F one interesting, and uh, yes, that's all I had to say. Thank you very much. Um, just uh, quickly, um, on up this, Perez says he's, it's really a shame. I gave it enough space in my opinion. It was really up to him to control his car. There was nothing else I could do. Um, going back, or rather looking back at the video now, when you look at uh, the way Perez drove into that corner, it looks like if he actually drove like if he had like if he had overtaken. Russell, you know, trying to, um, will I say, um, how will I put it? He, he, like, he wanted to force him, he wanted yeah. him to pull the brake. You wait, you you don't have a car, you wait, you, you are not yeah. a driver. Hey! <laughs> so, um, I try to feel uh, Perez is to blame, you know, because he, he just acted like if um, Russell was no longer there again. So, um, Obviously, he, I don't expect him to take any blame. He's Red Bull, you know, so um, he's in the blood. But um, either ways, I guess uh, that's that's it from the top three teams. I don't know if anyone has anything to add again. Um, okay, yeah, uh, just quickly, I believe there's a there's an update of um, harassment. Um, Toto Wolf has said there's a. Um, a lady was harassed by um, drunk spectators because she was a Hamilton fan. Um, this was coming from Toto, so I don't know how that how true that is, um, but it's very sad. Um, if that is the case, no one should be harassed in any form or um, manner, you know. So um, I would say that's yeah, very... I think it's true. Yeah. yeah okay. So um, also, because I think I saw something about the Maston Martin inviting harassed fans as well into their garage. I saw reports on that from Luke Smith, so I think it's true. Yeah, um, I feel, in my opinion, that's just um very sad. You know, actually, um, it's I, okay. I think we touched on this earlier on, but um, Red Bull, Red Bull should come up and say something because after um, there was a thread written by a lady earlier, I believe it was yesterday, but he made waves this morning, and then F1 had to bring out a statement condemning or what's not, you know. Um, 
in my opinion, I just feel um, it's very sad, you know, um, especially with people, people have spent so much money, left their places of comfort to come and enjoy a sport that they love, and then some people go back home feeling some type of way, you know, they don't feel, probably not, they don't feel, yeah, I, I, I don't know how, what it means to be harassed, so I'm not going what to happened um, is, speak for now. What happened is the, the Red Bull fans were drunk and they lifted her dress and said that she didn't deserve respect because she's a Hamilton fan. I sent it to you in your DM. And they, oh, uh, yeah. and they brought her to the Mercedes garage. Yeah, okay, okay, yes, okay, yes. Yes, I've um, seen that from you. Thank you so much. So, um, as, as, um, as I said, I think it's just very unfortunate, you know. Um, even Vettel has come out to say um, these fans should be, should be banned for life. You know, um, as as I've, I believe I said it earlier today, it's more of F one implementing a stronger change. You know, like see the issue of um, um, what's this man again? This um, what's it, what's his name? Nelson Piquet. Yeah, exactly. Um, Nelson Piquet. You know, you 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 look back at. Things like that. Obviously, there, there, there. You have people that are fans of Nelson Piquet, people that look up to him, you know. So, and as much as you, people might say, "Oh, well, Noble really looks up to all these people." A lot of people, or a lot of human beings, try to um, implement or rather live their lives the way some of these um, popular figures live their lives, you know. So, I feel um, it's very important. Um, in FI making a change and a stance, you know, um, because at the end of the day, we want want everyone to feel happy, want everyone to be welcomed, and we want um, everyone to go back home in one piece. So um, FI, I think after the post race conference, I saw a we race as one um, banner. I, I I don't know how quick they got that ready, you know. Because um, it wasn't there in Silverstone, and it wasn't there yesterday during the post during the post sprint um, discussions on F1 TV. So I don't know how quick they got that ready between yesterday and today. But you can't just be doing things for what I say for camera purposes, you know. And also the sponsors as well have have um, have a role to play because in as much as you are giving money to these teams, you know. Uh, the people that you want them to buy your products, you also you also have to make sure um, these people are being cared for. These people are being looked after, you know. Like why is there no, is there no form of security? Is there no form of um, um, coordination? You know. So um, it's something the FIA should really look at um, going forward. You know, this should not be. Happening, and um, I'm Red Bull. I expect Red Bull should, to say something, but let's see how that goes in the coming days. Um, yeah, uh, Yami, please go ahead. Yeah, um, just want to speak to this man. Uh, first of all, it's appalling, right? This is horrible stuff, you know. This never, I mean, I don't want to say never used to happen at F1, but it wasn't this pronounced, right? And am I surprised? No, I mean, if the role model, the person that these people support. Is you know, he, I mean, he's not exactly <laughs> an exemplary individual 
you know, his behavior on track, his behavior, you know, sometimes off the track, the people around him, the kind of things they say, the kind of things they incite. So they are the ones that have brought this up, like they've emboldened these people, right? They've emboldened these people to, you know, we'll do it and nothing will happen. Because the FIA is spineless, you know, they've allowed, they, 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 I mean, they'll rather be chasing somebody with piercings and, and to be consistent with their own rules. You know, F1, we know that it's all, um, um, it's just PR that they are, they've been doing for the past couple of, of years. And I mean, at least since Lewis Hamilton called them out in 2020, it's just been a PR, PR affair, you know. So these guys, I'm, I, like, am I surprised with this behavior? I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't expect to be able to say anything. They will say stuff, but it won't be, we'll just be fat in the wind. But ultimately, it's not, it's nothing substantial. What I would like to see is you know to, to to have a situation where these races could lose their spot you know in the championship if this kind of thing happens if it's not properly addressed i know there's contractual stuff uh, you know there's there, there's probably another angle to it but that's what i would like to see and you see it to stop because when money's on the line you know the people that are promoting the organizers they will they'll get their acts together and make sure that this make make it a safe safe environment how can you say so he doesn't deserve respect because you're a Lewis Hamilton fan. That's some bullshit, man. When I was here last week or two weeks ago, saying that, you know, all these um, people, you know, that support um, um, Blackpool, that support Mark Fixapna, people remind me of people that are, it's kind of like supporting Appetite in the Mandela. You were, they were calling me out. I was being called out, but here we are again. Look at the kind of thing his fans are doing. You know, it's just horrible. It's horrible stuff, man. Everyone was... Was 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 not always like this. But guess what? This is what what the fan base, you know, the the all the people that they are supporting. This is what they're enabling. I don't think Red Bull will say anything to it. In fact, they're probably happy that it's happening. You know, but it's what it is, man. I just hope. I, I just can't wait for us to to get out of this. You know, get out of this European leg. And let's let's move back to the Asian run of the races, man. Cool. Hmm. Yeah, me. Can I can I say one sentence real quick? <laughs> just one sentence. Um, yeah. Okay. Um. I just want to say that. I just want to say that. I just want to say that F one has always been like this. So for you to say it is because of Max that F one is now like this, I don't think you've been like watching or listening well enough. F one has always been like this. It has always been one of the most racist sports in the world. Thank you. But we're talking about sexual harassment. On track, I've no, I've always yeah, been F1 yeah, racist. Guys, F1 has always been racist. Fact. Now that's why it is now. So you are saying that we like that's why well, no, no, come on, come on, Let, guys, let's get our facts right. I've been watching F1 since 2011, back non-stop, right? And I have not once, not once, heard of this number of you know this frequency of sexual harassment complaints in a weekend. Everyone has always been racist. That's that one is not today, right? That's not today. This was a white, with more than more often than probably a white, you know, Lewis Hamilton female fan. So it's not. This is not. This is. We're talking about. This is like. Are, are we trying to defend that? Or I don't know what I'm hearing. Are we trying to defend that? Nobody. That nobody is always been like this. To say that you tagging a whole fan base because of some people's actions. No, no, no. Forget it's the racist like stuff. Saying, it's Please. like saying. Yeah, what I, you like always saying, hold on now. Tag it. It's like saying. It's like saying because Real Madrid fans uh, beat somebody on the bus, then all Real Madrid fans are violent. 
Like, I agree. Not all. Okay, I agree with you. Of, of course, not all. Not all Max Verstappen fans. I mean, that that goes out saying. But you know what? You know what? You know, the people. I'm not. I'm not shocked because the people that these guys, um, you know, follow, they enable the minority to behave. Some of the minorities to behave like that. That's what I'm saying. Look at Lewis last week. Even after all, when he came out and said, you know, it's not. It's not nice. Let's not do it. You know, it's not nice. Like he came out and he was bored about it. And he said, even if it was to his own favor. He said that that's from look at when Max had the opportunity the year before. It was like if I was this, I'll close my ears. And that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. You know, let's not be pretentious here. That's like the people, the people that they are they are supporting are enabling the minority to behave like this. Everyone's always been racist. That's fine. That's it. That, that, it's not fine, but that, that that's all well and good, right? But let's let's also be be honest with ourselves on this matter. I think it's important. Thank you. No problem, no problem. Thank you very much, uh, Yemi. Uh, co-host, please go ahead. Um, okay, uh, all right. and um, the rest of the crew. Sorry, Madi, go ahead. All right, no problem. Uh, the funny thing is, yeah, I don't know why Yemi loves to toe this line. Like the truth about it is, some of the things he has said are true. I can't. Dis- I'm not. I'm not going to come here and say, oh, everything he has said, I don't agree with. I agree with some of the things he has said. But at the same time, Yemi, if you have a team around you, I would not hold you responsible for what your team says, for what another adult says. Another adult should be held responsible for what... And please, I'm going to probably say so many things halfway, halfway, halfway. First and foremost, I want to clarify something. Before tomorrow, someone calls me a red boy, a Max fan. I am none of that. So that is done. Um, But we cannot... Who exactly do you even think is the minority? You think Max fans are actually the minority? No, that's not the truth. And I, we had this, the funny thing is, me and Yemi actually had this discussion this morning on our group. And he knows the truth. This thing is, these guys look at this thing from the business point of view. And it is it's sad, but it is the reality. We need to acknowledge the reality. Because by the, point, by, the moment, by the time we acknowledge the reality of these things, then we can now decide on how to actually fight and combat them. These guys look at the business side of things, and that's why F1 is going to continually be so annoying. And I don't want to, I don't want to be insulted to them, but they're just going to be annoying and not take measures to actually combat this thing. Yeah, like okay, I've attended, I attended a race some years ago, and there are blind spots on tracks, on well-known tracks, as much as as big as Abu Dhabi. So I don't even think there, there are any systems, there are any video camera systems, high definition camera systems in um, Austria to be able to pick out racist and people who are harassing ladies. One of my friends who came in spa, I think in four years ago, she was also harassed. So as, some, as somebody ch- chimed in just now as you were talking, there is much more attention on F1. There's much more fun interaction on F1. And that's why these things are coming into light. And it is very, very good they are coming into light because they, peop- they need to actually find a way to curb these things. They need to put it probably into their contractual statements and say, if you cannot f- provide us with systems where we can pick out people who misbehave, pick out people who do crap, then you'll be off, the, you'll be off our schedule you, and you lose money for that, won't pay you. And F1 also has to augment costs because if they're trying to bring more fans into this and the way to combat this thing is going to be implementing much more expensive systems, which will then generate, which will then lead to trickle down to 
more expensive tickets, then F1 has to augment this either by paying for these systems or paying part payment for these systems or just finding a way, just have contractual discussions about it. And um, as someone said just now, F1 has always been like this. Have you forgotten that um, Spanish fans literally painted blackface for Lewis? I think that was 2010 or 2011. It's just gaining traction, and that's why all these things are coming into coming into light. So let's not come here and let's not sit here and try and say, and this is not me trying to defend anything. I am 100% against the racist um, shit that has gone on and against the whole women harassment and catcalling that has been going on that is complete and those guys should be banned for life but when we are talking about these things it's better we have context and we should actually be sincere with ourselves because you don't like a driver because a driver's fans are being just as i would have issues with some of the some of some team of home of team lh fans i would not use that as a subset and say and the entire Lewis, um, Hamilton fan base is trash or is this or is that. I would not do that. Same way we should actually apply it this way. So, yeah, I think that's all I have to say. I would probably chime in more. Thank you very much, uh, Imade. And um, I believe the event you were referring to was 2008, um, Spanish GP 2008. Um, uh, the Black isn't is the one that he had Hamilton yeah, yeah, yeah. family on it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the blackface. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah so that's two thousand eight. Yeah, no problem. Um, okay, we see. Um, M M. M. Please go ahead. Thank you guys for um waiting. Um, yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. So, um, this is my first time on this platform, and it's very good to be here. But like, um, I listen to like everyone since, and um, I, I the only thing I can just say is um. For these issues, I think it's that's the only thing I think I'll agree with what Yemi said. It's it's mostly um, behaviors of these Europeans majorly. Like, and this thing doesn't just happen in Formula One alone. It happens in even for, I mean I'm a big football supporter also aside from La One and every time, especially when there are these um, European matches. You often find fans of one team having issues with fans of the other team. I, I think recently it happened with Chelsea in France or something like this, and the fans had violence. So um, I, I think generally, like um, F1 or wherever the sports organizers, they, they need to check meet what's really happening in Europe because these people just get drunk a lot. Like I've been to quite a sports event here and the the rate at which they drink, I don't know, maybe there's a way they can control the amount of stuff they make available to fans at this event or there's a way they can, the way they check tickets, maybe they check fans um, before they enter, like for their call level or something like this, if this can be introduced because, um, and just like um, Imadi said, you can't really blame Max or whatever. I mean, Max and Lewis are two different people. The fact that Lewis is outspoken about issues doesn't mean Max also has to be outspoken. If he decides not to talk, it's his personal choice. And you can't blame him for the um, choices some crazy people decide to, um, for some actions they decide to make. So I just hope, like, um, moving forward, this kind of stuff are being checked and we don't have a repeat of such events. So 
that's what I'll just keep, um, say for now. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Abasia Kemed, then uh, Ms. Katrock and Mas, please. Thank you. Uh, as uh, Madi said, I think it's important when we talk about things like this. Because this is not just like uh, race discussions, you know. It's not just he's the better driver and all that. I think it's, it's important when we talk about things like this, we should, you know, be honest with ourselves. I don't camera who pointed it out earlier, but that F1 has always been like this. And it's not just racism. So last year in Brazil, there were reports of homophobia, transphobia, sexism, harassment, and things like that. They were obviously not at this, you know, the level we've seen this weekend, but there were reports of it in Brazil last year. It's not Max fans that in Brazil. You can easily see how many fans are the majority in Brazil. One can easily say that. So this thing is not, it's not just coming back you know, because of the resurgence or because of the appearance of a new driver on the grid. I mean, I don't, most of us, if not all of us here are black, so like, we know how white people can be. I mean, so like, it's not shocking to any of us. But I think it's always been there. And yes, we should speak up against it. I think it was I think it was last week, was that or the previous race before Silverstone where I said there needs to be punishment for things like this. You know, it was when the owner speaking thing happened. There needs to be punishment for things like this. And if the FI are not doing enough on that ground. So I think it's not it's not this fan base or that fan base. And sometimes I would just find myself in a deep space of F1 Twitter, you know, that's Part where they're no longer speaking English, you know, the South African guys, the Spanish guys. And if you see the level of vile that is spread in that place, the Spanish guys usually on Alonso's side, the South African guys usually on Hamilton's side. The level of vile in those spaces of F1 Twitter is it's it's unbelievable. So these things are not just, you know, people stay at home and they condemn, you know, the things we're seeing on TV, which are very wrong. But at the same time, they're not necessarily better people you know, on the back of their keypads at home. So there's a general thing that needs to be addressed. I think drivers need to speak up more often. Maybe not, you don't have to say a lot. If you are the type of driver that doesn't say anything, be consistent with it. Don't say anything at all. If you are the type of driver that says something, be consistent with it. Don't pick when to say and not to say. You get what I'm saying? Because last night, it didn't go viral. But now I'm shift. Who I think we all know, the new black lady on uh, on Sky Sports crew. She was under constant attack from Hamilton fans because of what she didn't necessarily say something they agreed with. I started the season when she said Max was the best driver on the grid. The tweets which I have bookmarked, which if you go through the quotes of it, it's terrible what Hamilton fans are saying about that. It's not them are disagreeing with her takes, you know, saying she's wrong. Is all sort of bitch, motherfucker, misogynist talk going through all that. And these are people who now see themselves as the better persons, you know. Max fans are terrible. They're terrible people on both divides. And it's just hiding because those two are in the championship fights. If someone comes into the championship fights now, if you find another person, maybe Charles, and things get heated, you will see their fans. So these things have always been there. And it's consistent across all families. So let's, let's, you know, let's, 
look at the problem and hope it's solved and not try to turn it into a this driver or that driver sort of thing. Thank you very much, uh, Abbasia Um Yeah, okay, Ms. Katra, please go ahead. I think that it's very much um, the drivers that are responsible for speaking to their fans. Consistently, you will hear Lewis tell his fans not to boo. He addresses their behavior, even in Silverstone, when they were booing Max, he was the first person that came out and tweeted and said, do not boo, it's unacceptable. However, conversely, in Belgium last year, when he was getting booed, when they spoke to Verstappen, he said, it's not my responsibility to tell fans anything. I think it's all their responsibility because if we want a sport that's inclusive and that everybody can come, especially if you're spending hundreds of pounds or sometimes thousands to come and view um, a race, the last thing you want is harassment because you're black or because you're a woman or because you are a Lewis fan or a Lando fan or it's, totally bloody unacceptable and FIA needs to take more accountability because I think that they just sit back and don't really say as much as they can and you are in charge of this sport you need to be at the forefront telling these people about themselves and maybe start considering deducting points from teams for bad behavior because I'm, I'll tell you straight if they start getting one point off at their home ground for bad behavior it will change Thank you very much, uh, Miss Hatrock. Okay, so um, I see a few. Uh, hands uh, up. So, sorry, um, can, yeah. can I just um, kind of get? Um, I, I would like to ask um, this last speaker a, a question. Can I just do that? Yeah, ask, please. So um, let's assume in, uh, uh, some people make some problems in Silverstone, for example, and you say like the team should be responsible. So, which team exactly will get? Um, we get this kind of stuff you suggested in Silverstone because I, I think we have like three or four teams which claim Silverstone should, is their home ground. So if something happens in Silverstone, which team exactly do you think should be responsible for that? Right now, I don't know how to apply it. I'm just saying that something needs to be done that is that hurts people, hurts the teams. Because I feel personally that the teams across the board need to be way more vocal in reigning in their fans. Okay. Yeah, okay. No um, problem. Um, no problem. Um, I just, I just trying to... Let me quickly, um, well, let's kind of answer your question with a possible solution. Like for Silverstone now, for example, yeah, in as much as every... Uh, or we have up to four teams that claim, claim it as their home. Yeah. Um... I don't think, I think if we're going to even look at the issue, it's more of an individual or, or a person thing, you know. So if it's one person or a group of people, you know, if it's, I, I feel what Ms. Catrock is trying to say, if it's maybe, for example, you have a group of Ferrari fans, do you understand, um, carrying out such um, action or maybe a group of Mercedes fans um, carrying out such exactly. action. Like, people can be, I have like, Everyone, Everyone identifies with one, um, you like say one community or, or or another, you know. So it's more of okay, if it's Red Bull, then they deal with Red Bull. If it's um Ferrari, then they deal with Ferrari, you know. So um, yeah, I guess that can, is the can I say something? Yeah, that makes okay. sense. Yeah, co-host, please go ahead. 
All right. Um, I think we are looking at this thing wrongly. Yeah, I understand your point and I understand um, her point, but I think we're looking at this thing wrongly because we're looking at it from this from the point of like football fans, you know, there's like a supporters club and lots of them probably going, they travel in batch or in groups in um, high numbers to the pitch, the opponents, stadiums and blah, blah, blah. But right now, more, um, Formula One is more of an individual sport and more of maybe a group of friends going together. So if you're going to penalize a Ferrari team for a Ferrari's for a Ferrari fans offense, how does it actually work? Because honestly, this is still a business first and foremost. It is still out to make money. So the point, you can't now say a team, a guy, a, a, um, a, an individual who's just supporting a team because he just loves the team, or maybe because of Michael Schumacher or because of Ayrton Senna, and then he commits an offense, spends so much money buying blah, 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 he deserves to be punished. I agree. But how does that? How is that the team's? Um, how is that the team's um, problem in curbing that particular individual who decided to just run riot on his own? So the, the, it, it, you, we can I don't think we should. The burden should be on the team. Yes, the, the team should actually make stronger stance, talk about it. But you cannot. You. Some of all these guys are like goats. You know how a goat is. You drive a goat 100 times, it comes back 101 times to that same thing you're driving him away from. So you can't put the burden on the team. And that is same. that's why I agree with someone who said something that we can't actually so much put the burden on the driver. Yes, I actually agree. Me, I'm of the opinion Verstappen should actually talk more because he's a world champion now. He needs to, and to Max fans, don't kill me. He needs to do more than wearing orange boots. He needs to do more. But honestly, he's a world champion. He needs to speak out. But we know that no matter how much you speak out, there's some people that would not just change. There's some people who would not just do anything. So I think the way to tackle this thing, from my own point of view, is the FIA should step up with race promoters and track owners to fixing systems around the grandstands and around the track that will be able to pinpoint people who have been um, racist, who are being um, homophobic, who are being, um, who are harassing ladies, harassing guys, harassing whoever. They should be able to pick, put high definition cameras around. They'll be able to pick out this, ingrain that into the contract situation, tell them they're going to lose their spot on the calendar, and you'll see things will start to change. Because the moment there's money involved in all these things, people will take the initiative and do better. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, in my day, okay, so I see Abasi Ekemi. Okay, so um, Abasi Ekemi, I'll come to you in a minute. Let me let's hear from Abu Zaria. He hasn't, he, I think, I believe this is his first time up here. So, um, please go ahead, Abu. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. Um, hello to everyone. Um, based on the issue we're currently discussing now, I I even wanted to just give a um, thumbs up to um, this cat rocks because um, she um, she dealt with um, the um, um, the situation and then I think um, she spoke um, a lot of truth in um, in her opinion. Um, the thing now is that um, we all agree that um, um, this issue of um, negativity had been lingering for so long in F one and um, the reason is just that um, 
a, a, a very strong stance had not been taken by the FIA and um, everything. And that's why this issue keeps lingering. Um, so I think uh, if um, a stronger um, stance had been taken against this um, negativity, I think um, we would um, presently be having um, a, a better result now and then things would have been changing for better. Um, if um, every team, every driver is um, uh, 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 enjoined to actually um, take his stance against this negativity. I, I believe so much that um, we would be enjoying this sport better than this um, negativity that has just been lingering for so long. Um, I, I wouldn't want a situation whereby um, a driver um, would just um, decided that, okay, uh, it's not my problem. They are adults, they are fans, and they should know what they're doing, and then we just want to keep quiet. Keeping quiet is never going to um, stop these things from happening. And um, we do not just want to keep quiet and allow this um, um, this situation to de de degenerate into something even bigger than this. So if we just want to say, oh, um, nothing should be done, I, 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 and then we expect a, a change in this, I think we're just joking about this, and then we're taking it so lightly, and uh, we're not expecting um, a better change for this sport and uh, for this sport to be widely accepted like um, every other sport out there. Thank you. Thank you very much, Abu. Um, Abu, good to hear from you. Uh, Abasia Keme. Okay, so we have um, Abasia Keme, Jephthah, then Mars, please. Um, then we'll move on to the rest of the group. Sorry, guys. So, yeah. Yeah, just to add to what uh, Madi said, I think, like, I, I understand where everyone else is coming from. Um, Scott Rock and the other person who um, spoke about, you know, if if the teams are hurt, <laughs> change will be accelerated. But it's not just possible. Can't can't put nobody even will agree to. All all the teams will come together to fight it. I mean, Honor and Toto will hold hands together to fight it because it's, we can't punish teams for the actions of uh, individuals. But as uh, as Maria said, it, the FIA has implemented a way to support people. It didn't seem possible before in football because you know, people thought in a stadium of 50,000 capacity, 60,000, how you want to spot someone who does something wrong? But now we're seeing a lot of it. People getting live bans, three-year bans, four-year bans for racist comments, homophobic comments, you know, things like that. It's much harder in F1. I've seen capacities of 300,000 plus. There's very many um, blind spot areas, as Maddie mentioned, but at least let the step towards achieving it be, be shown first. Let them, you know, let them do something first. Let them might, might not be perfect in one year, two years, but I think they can start and get to that point where the people are starting to get punished. It has to be individual punishments. And that's one thing I'll keep saying. The FIA is not in any punishment at all. The owners pick it in and tie it down. Everybody has moved on. If he decides to come into one of the paddocks two years from now, he might just sneak in and nothing will happen. The FIA needs punishment and they're not doing anything on that on that end. Thank you very much, um, Abbasekim. Jephthah, please. Sorry, is it me or is someone? Oh, um, I believe it's Jephthah, Jephthah okay. then you. I, I know. Jephthah, 
Do you wanna go ahead? Okay, uh, Mars, just go ahead. I believe maybe Jeffrey uh, is not here at the moment. Yeah, um, I think to be honest, quite, I think the penultimate speaker and Cat Rock touched on a lot of things that I was gonna say. But um, you see, the thing in life is you need to be accountable when, especially when you're a celebrity. When you uh, like look at Red Bull, the amount of racist, the amount of sexist comments, and every day everything they are doing is bringing out statements. I and Lewis is one guy that I'll just and I'm sorry to say, but he's really the only one that that comes across. When he, the, his, his fans are booing people, when his fans are doing X, Y, and Z, he makes sure that check. Of course, it's not your responsibility, but you're still going to be held accountable for it because at the end of the day, you have a voice. No one forced you to come and drive Formula 1 and be a celebrity. You have decided to be one. So, I mean, heavy is the head that bears the crown. So you are going to have to say something. You can't just, especially in the society we live in, you can't just expect people to police themselves. That's not how life works. You, if something is happening, something. Let, let's look at Ukraine, for example. Every single organization has to say something because if you don't, you're look you're being looked at on a on a weird state. And it's the same thing. If you know that in your not your home race, but in a race where you have um, a huge amount of fans, and it is highly likely that it is your fans that have said X, Y, and Z, you make sure that they don't. I mean, look at yesterday. There was an accident from um, uh, when Lewis crashed. Bro, people were happy, but that could have gone sideways. People were bare shouting, nothing from Max Verstappen. And we both, we all know that it is his fans. Nothing from Max, nothing from no one's. All they're going to say is, yes, we deplore it. Oh, no, we don't agree with it. But we need, to, you need to be more vocal about it because that's just how it is. And, I mean, it's not even unfortunate. It's just how life works. You can't not try to avoid accountability in the sense that, oh, I, 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 I'm not going to say anything because it's not my problem. That's not how life works. You need to... I mean, look at this poor woman, man. Like, imagine. She went all the way to... She probably paid thousands because right now tickets are thousands. She paid thousands of pounds, went to that thing, and look how things happen. And you, as a Red... As a... as a Not even as Red Bull fan, but as a... As Max... Let's, let's not even sugarcoat the whole thing. As Max Verstappen, knowing you have a strong fan holding there, knowing that people probably uh, worshipping you not even coming out and saying X and Y. It, it's, I'm sorry, but it says a lot about what you think about do you get what I mean. So, uh, I mean, I do agree in my day, the sense that, um, I mean, people are going to be, I, I don't expect them to to end famine in the world per se. I don't expect them to end word hunger and stuff like that. Of course not. But you need to be honest to yourself and you need to hold yourself accountable. You need to hold your fan base accountable. You can't just be walking around saying, oh, it's, it's not my problem. I mean, it's not me that I'm So, I mean, they, they are grown people that are expected to do the right thing. That's not how things work. That's really not how things work. So, I mean, I'm a bit, I'm I'm really, really upset about for this woman, man. It's, it's, it's not right. We've been to Silverstone. This thing didn't happen. Meanwhile, British people are the biggest drunkards, bro. When, especially when there's football, these guys start drinking at 6 a.m. when the match is at 8 p.m. This thing happened. We went to Abu Dhabi. This thing happened. We went to all Australia. This thing happened. This should, I mean, it should tell you something about how Max fans behaves. We have to be honest. And you, as Max Verstappen, 
you need also to be held accountable. It is your fan base. You need to say something. It's accountability. It's simple accountability. It's not responsibility. I'm not telling him to go around and to be slapping every Max fans that is doing rubbish. No, that's not what I'm asking. But he needs to hold you and your fan base accountable. So, uh, can I, can I yes, yes, yes. First thing is, he's actually called them out. You know, usually, usually I see a lot of Red Bull content on my TL. And a lot of the content I see is really in Dutch. I have to translate. Fine. You know, I just see Max's name. You know, I know Max has said something. I have to translate. A lot of what he said doesn't go around. He's not active on social media. So Max speaks when it's, um, you know, posts or pre-race interviews. And, you know, it goes back. You might just say something about something earlier about him being a world champion now and he has to speak. Personally, I, I don't I don't agree with that. You know, I said something about earlier about if you're never going to speak, you know, never speak. You know, if Max was the sort of person who doesn't speak, then um, when it concerns him, he speaks up. To me, it's right to criticize him. But this is a guy that never on the social media is, is a barren land. You can just obviously tell everything is scheduled PR posts. The man is not doing anything online. He has his own personal. You know, if something happens to him personally, he can talk about it. But I've never seen him, you know, get involved with anything, you know, that most drivers usually get involved with, you know, speak up for someone and all that. It's all PR thing that, you know, they handle that for him. So I'm of the opinion that if you want to speak out, be consistent with it. If you don't want to speak out, don't speak out at all. Be consistent with that at all. I don't think we should force people to, you know, we've seen that a lot in, in protest, you know, the Black Lives Matter protests, you know, Black Americans, the NSAS protest here in Nigeria, where people were calling out celebrities for not speaking up and all that. I understand the anger, I understand, but these people, I don't, I, I don't like to imagine myself being a celebrity. Like, not a very pleasant place to be in. But I think if I'm there, I don't think anybody's going to force me to say anything. He's a world champion. If he decides to speak up, that's nice. But if you know that sort of person, there's nothing that can be done about it. Nothing he says is going to change anything. He's just going to put him in the right. And people are going to see him as a good person. People are going to see that he's speaking up. I'm telling you, he's not going to change shit. So, so why, are we, why are we losing focus on punishing individuals and then turning attention to blaming this and that or saying this has more to do and all that? There's terrible things that... Hamilton, who almost everybody views as a perfect person, is terrible thing that his fan base does. I'm not going to blame him for that. On the booing thing, Hamilton came out and said, yeah, don't boo. And that's his personality. Mark said, if you boo Hamilton, that's fine. If you boo me, that's fine. That's his own personality. You can't expect. He's not saying boo Hamilton and don't boo me. He's saying boo both of us. There's no issue. So why are we expecting people to be the same and address issues the same? Let people do them. They're not, nobody, they're not, these guys can't save the world. They can't change the opinion of a person. In my opinion, that's how I see things, though. Mm. Um, okay, Imadu, I will say you go last on this topic. So let's have um, Abu and Miss Catrock, please. Okay. Um, I think um, I think it was Abasi AK, AK that just, um, just um, finished speaking right now. Um, I, I would want to... Um, Honestly, in my opinion, disagree with some of what you just said right now. Because um, the thing now is that, you see, for every of this driver, 
being that um, they are celebrities, uh, they command a certain amount of respect from their fans. And um, we cannot because, oh, um, should we now, um, evil is happening behind our backyard. Do we now close our eyes towards um, what's actually happening? Um, I, I think what everyone is trying to say in essence here is that um, we, we, we kind of um, carry a certain amount of responsibility we kind of carry a certain amount of responsibility by, um, you know, um, giving our voice to all of these uh, in, in trying to make sure that this evil actually stops. Because uh, uh, if this thing continues, honestly, it's, it's, it's not a good thing for the sport itself. And um, when we now say, oh, um, if this person doesn't talk at all because uh, he's not a talking type like that now, then he should just be left alone not to talk. When your fans your people, people that like you, that respect you, um, perpetrate those um, negativity. I, I really do not think um, anybody in this sport should keep quiet about it because um, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't give a good rhetoric to the sport and stuff like that. So I, I, I would not um, I agree with anyone saying um, people should just keep quiet about it. It's never a good thing for the sport. Thank you very much, um, Abu. Miss um, Katra, please. Even if I agree that Max didn't talk on social media, which I'm not sure because I don't really follow him like that. However, what I, who I know is very active is Red Bull Oracle. Very, very active. So realistically, if Max is not one to speak, they're the team. Why aren't they telling their fans to behave? Because they've got a huge platform. It's their responsibility to rein in their fans, especially when the behavior is unacceptable. They cannot sit there and be like, oh, nothing to do with us. Because then collectively, we should start tweeting all their sponsors and asking them, is this behavior acceptable? And see how quickly they'll change their tune. Because the minute I know that you start tweeting their sponsors and their sponsors get antsy, their behavior will change. Thank you, Ms. Gartrock. Um, Imadi, okay, uh, I see one more. I see Koki. Okay, um, Imadi, I'll say you go last on this topic so we can just move on. But let me just quickly um, say something. Uh, as, um, as everyone has said, I will have to agree and have to disagree with some points. But in, for Max as an individual, I understand that that's his personality. You understand, but as an as someone with, first of all, you are someone with who people look up to. You are a role model. You are you have many. Well, let's say you have many unnecessary titles that you don't want apart from just being a Formula One driver. You know, so um, I feel that. These are the responsibilities that come with being in the position that he is in now, you know. So, um, you shouldn't, in as much as it's his attitude, you shouldn't just, when I say, keep quiet, you know, because people look up to you. Sometimes it's what you say that, um, that people might listen to, you know. So, um, I just believe. Uh, whoever is responsible for all these actions should be punished individually, you know, because, okay, now, I just thought of something, you know, when we're saying, okay, maybe the teams should be punished, um, 
or maybe points should be deducted. And then you know what if you you, you might not have maybe some situations whereby some fans, maybe some people might be claiming to be, for example, Red Bull fans, you know, and then if FI starts deducting points, meanwhile they are actually Mercedes fans just trying to be mischievous or something like that. So I just feel is more is a this topic is very um complicated, you know, and I will I will say not all of us have the answers to this um topic at the end of the day, but um I guess what we all want is for us to for everyone to be able to enjoy the sports um in a very comfortable situation and environment you know without anyone feeling the need um to feel uncomfortable or feel unsafe you know and then um obviously we've been watching this spot for years and i i see or rather even even regardless of watching this spot for years i've um i've run this account for i've been running i'm running this account for for a minute you know so though i'm not always here but when i look at the stats i see that we have a um a certain number of females, you know, who who love this sport, you know, and then it makes me feel very, will I say, happy because it just shows that okay, this sport is not only is not only you don't have just mainly male fans, you know, but you also have female fans, you know. I just um looking at the timeline, I just saw some. I don't know if she's still here, but um she followed us. Um, followed the page recently and she said she started watching from Drive to Survive, you know. So just imagine someone like that wanting to go on their first race and then they experience such, you know. And, uh, it's, it's not a good look, you know. So I feel um, everyone has a responsibility, drivers or no, uh, d- uh, driver or not, you know, you, you have a responsibility to um, speak up um in such a uh, situation because one day you can you can never tell when you'll be in such situations and you might need help from um someone like that you know so um yeah um koki please go ahead uh quickly then um, imadi will round up please on this topic all right thank you thank you for the opportunity um good evening everyone um i, I don't have much um, to talk about uh on the issue um, of whatever that happened this weekend with the fans uh, pulling uh, some of the drivers, you know, uh, more, more, more especially Lewis. But uh, I just want to um, point out that uh, this issue of um, us talking about the fans uh, doing all that, um, if one can agree with me, Always, um, in 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 a season, um, of Formula One, whenever we approach or whenever we go to the Red Bull ring, to the likes of our Red Bull ring, and um, to 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 Max home and um, and, and Silverstone, you know, we we experience uh, such things, and I feel like um. This uh, issue is between these two guys, you know. It's 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 not uh, an issue by it's it's in the it's in the whole sport, but it is affecting the the the, 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 the sport as a whole. But uh, I don't I, I, I don't know if uh, right now I can I can give suggestions on what uh, 
can be done. But uh, obviously, uh, we have to, they have to do something, you know. Um, just like you said, uh, imagine joining the, uh, just joining the, the, the Formula One and realizing how, how toxic the sport is. It is fun. It is a fun sport to watch, but sometimes uh, I just feel like uh, maybe uh, I could have chose not to go into watching it, you know, because uh, we put a lot of emotions into it. But um, whatever happened this weekend, yes, I agree. Um, something has to be done. Uh, the, the harassment of... Uh, of other people, you know, every time, every weekend, there's always a problem. Um, if it's not the FIA, if it's not the Red Bull and all that, uh, it is the fans. So I think uh, it's about time they they sit down and and and, and plan and come up with 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 a, a a good suggestion. You know, yeah. Thank you very much, um, Koki. Um, Imadi, please round up on this topic, then we'll move on. Thank you. No, I think there's someone else that wants to speak, so it seems you, you want me to round up. Oh, oh, my bad. Oh, sorry. Um, Bemi, oh, my bad. Sorry. Okay, we see a few hands up. Um, Bemi, please go ahead. Sorry. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, please. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I just wanted to just give my little two cents. Um... I also am of the opinion that all the all the drivers, all the teams, everyone involved in the sport should be speaking out against this kind of behavior. I think it's a cop out to say that oh, um, it's not you know Max's personality, so it doesn't have to speak out. Like when you're in this big of a sport and you're like, excuse me, one of the faces of the sport, it comes with so other responsibilities, so you can necessarily pick and choose, you know, what part you want, especially if, like, you know, the fans that are contributing a huge amount of, you know, the revenue of the sport are going through this. You need to speak out. Um, I don't think Louis wants to come to, like, you know, every race weekend and have to make statements and have to say or to do all this PR stuff. But I think because he's been at the top of his career for so long, he's realised, like, yo, it can't just be about me just winning races. There are other things you know i have other responsibilities i hold it to people to speak out on things and maybe that's where max hasn't gotten to yet and it's not even just about max it's about everybody in the sport everyone needs to be speaking out against you know this kind of behavior because it's not it's not nice to want to go and have fun um on a race day and then you have all these things to ruin your experience after paying such a huge amount of money and it's not even that even the the drivers themselves they go through I'm, i can't even imagine what's in some of these drivers dms like the kind of trolling that they get online and everywhere so i think we just need to find a way to stamp out this behavior online and even at the races everyone needs to speak out and just work together to get it i I don't know the best way to do it but i think speaking up and showing because most of every driver has a fan base obviously some are bigger than others so if you're actively putting words out to your fan base that you don't condone you know this kind of behavior i think it will go you know it will go a long way to correcting you know people's actions when they come to the sport to the when they come to um to the races 
So I think everybody needs to work together. You can use that cop out of, oh, it's not my personality. It's so much bigger than that. It's bigger than you just saying, oh, yeah, I don't speak on things. You need to start speaking on things because it's affecting your fans and people coming and supporting the sport. So, yeah. Thank you very much, um, Gaming. I'll have to agree with everything um, you said. Thank you so much. Um, okay, I see um, MM. MM, please go ahead, please. Yeah, um, I think I, I just put in conclusion, like, while um, I have to agree with a lot of people, uh, with almost everyone, like the drivers um, have to talk, but like Imadi said earlier, the bulk of the responsibilities lies with the FIA. And um, I think I just tagged you on a post I just saw in which a lot of drivers or a lot of people spoke after the race today including Max himself, like Max, George, Hamilton. And so, like, sometimes uh, it's just, I just came across this post by the race and I tagged you to it. I don't know if you can maybe retreat it on your tail. And so I feel like yes, when yes, it yes, actually please. gets real, maybe it doesn't talk, at, or maybe some people don't talk as much as Lewis or something, but I think he, he spoke out and I just read that post like it was treated like some 15 minutes back. So this is what I feel like. It, it might not be uh, as outspoken as others, but it's not like he doesn't speak at all. And this doesn't like really absorb the blame from the FIA because they are like the organizers, them and the and the ones organizing, the, the organizers of the Red Bull Ring or whatever. So they are the ones who should actually be responsible for this. So I think that's just what I, uh, I'll add to it. Thank you. Okay, yeah, Charlie, please go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Um, thanks for allowing me to join the space. Uh, I've been listening quite intensely um, to what everybody's been saying. And obviously the, the main subject that comes to mind is is that of the, the behaviour of the crowds. Now, um, I was on another space earlier and one of the points brought up was this. Uh, the Red Bull Ring is full, as we as we've probably all seen, is a sea of orange. So it's no, no, you know, it's, it's no great shakes to understand that they're all Max supporters. Yeah. Now there are racist elements within these crowds. We all know that as black people, we are not going to be we're not going to be you know sitting next to them and being buddy chums with racists. Yeah. Now we say that it's the fault of fear. We're looking at society here, people. Yeah? There were over a hundred and I don't know how many thousands of fans was at the Red Bull Ring today. What is the answer? Does fear chuck them all out? Does fear ban the, 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 the A1 ring? Uh, and remember, Formula One is all about money. Yeah? It's all about money. Money is influence. Yeah? And although, you know, we can come on these spaces and we do... We're very passionate when it comes to um, situations such as racism because we don't deserve it. We know that, yeah? The fact is, you know, you ask yourselves how much is really going to change when we cannot even, even when people are accused of racism, they're back on the streets the next day, yeah? The whole system is corrupt, you know? It's not just about, you know, a, a group or, you know, a couple of thousand of fans who are going to cheer when you know, Lewis goes into, into the barrier, yeah? These things, it's about concentrating and putting our efforts in areas where we can make a difference, where we can influence. But, you know, we can shout from the hills as much as we like. 
they're going to hear us, but are they going to do anything about it? You ask yourself that question. Are they really going to make any changes? Absolutely not. So what we need to do is, yes, we all come together. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm looking into what everybody's financial positions are, but, you know, you've got Lewis and those people who are, you know, are, are putting, a, you know, systems and, and issues together that we could lend our support to and ignore them because they know that when we they shout and they scream obscenities and call us nigger and all that stuff, that we're going to get upset. If we weren't getting upset, do you honestly think that they would still do it? We are fueling them. Let's let's start to eradicate that. And all of a sudden, it'll go away. They teach their kids because they see it's an advantage. Yeah, racism doesn't just come to the track. It begins at home. It begins when they're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years old. And in those arenas, we don't have any influence to change it. When you see a young child on the street or a young couple of white child in the black, they're all equal. Yeah. But funny enough, as they grow older and, and influence starts to become the major issue, they change and they change because we fueled it. If we stopped fueling it, if we just, you know, if you ignored them, they'll say, well, you know what, that's a waste of time. And nobody likes to waste their time. Yeah. Other than that, I think it was, um, I was glad that Charles won the race. I really was. Um, I'm glad to see that Mercedes are making steps going forward. And um, there are still 275 points, I believe, left in this season. So the season's not over, yeah? And with the regulations, well, not changes, I think FIA are now beginning to do their job. And they found out that the likes of Ferrari and Red Bull potentially have been cheating when it comes to the floor. We could see their ill-gotten gains coming back to haunt them. So that would be a nice um, discussion to have. Thank you for allowing me on your space. I will continue to, to listen intently. And if there's anything you want to ask me, by all means, give me a shout. I'm here. Me, my flan and 28 degrees in sunny South London. Thank you. Thank you very much, um, Charlie. Thank you um, for joining us all the way from um, London. Thank you so much. Um, yes, guys. Um, I know we've been on this um top three um teams for a while and then we've moved into this um unfortunate event, you know. So um I, let's just um quickly touch on the rest of the grid then um if we have any other thing to discuss we can um look into that. So um yeah, moving on we've got um Alpine. Alpine of um Fernando Alonso and um Esteban Ocon. Um, Alpine, yesterday, um, yesterday at the sprint, you know, um, Fernando wasn't able to, um, start, you know, um, ended up taking a new power unit today. And I, I believe Fernando is averaging a power unit every two races, you know, and then this is, um, race 10 or 11. Um, someone corrects me if I'm, but I believe um, this two power. This is his fifth power unit also. So, um, there there is clearly a reliability issue. Um, with Alpine, you know, um, in the season one is allocated to three power units or so, but five, and then we still have um, I believe another nine ten races more to go. 
Um, it's going to be interesting how it's going to play out, especially with the budget cap. But um, yeah, I would say uh, in terms of his drive, um, he drove well, finishing P10. Um, Esteban, Esteban, Esteban also had a decent drive as well. Finish, I believe he finished P5 also. So um, yeah, both drivers in the points again. Um, Alpine, I believe Alpine, apart from their reliability issues, which has hampered them, um, so far this season, in th- they seem to be making progress in terms of pace, but having a fast car and well, my own opinion is I would prefer to have a reliable car than a fast car, because reliable car will get you to the finish line. Fast car might be fast, but might not get you to the finish line. So, um, yeah, that's it for our pin for me. Um, it's just be interesting what happens. Let's see what happens in um, France for them. Uh, Mars, please go ahead. Okay, we'll have Mars, then I'm Charlie, please. Thank you. All right. Um, I mean, I don't know if you guys seen it. The CEO, the CEO came out. He said that, oh, he, he doesn't care about reliability. He prefers to have a performance car. Uh, a performing car, sorry, that and that having a car that finishes. So I mean, this one is their own philosophy. Obviously, it doesn't work because see, if every two races you have to take a new power unit, there is a big problem, right? Um, me personally, I'm not necessarily a Fernando Alonso fan uh, for for personal reasons. Um, I do. I'm very happy that Esteban is is getting a bit of consistency. In terms of, I mean, arguably, arguably a bit of consistency in terms of finishing points and everything. Today was his hundredth race. I mean, it's I I personally think it's it's a it's, they have a huge reliability problem. I think they need to start focusing on reliability because as much you can be very fast. They have a very they have a very fast car. It's playing the straight lines. It's apparently is ridiculous. Uh, uh, the 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 P the, the engine is actually actually very very good. I think Williams is trying to jump on that. If I'm if I'm correct, if I, I might not be, but I think Williams is even trying to jump on the Renault engine. So they have a performing car, but the reliability is not there, as you said, and it might cause them the that um best of the rest position, that fourth place, if because right now done done same points as McLaren. Uh, McLaren is a bit getting there. McLaren is just a bit inconsistent, so I mean, it is what it is. But it might cause them if they don't fix the reliability problem. That that's all I have for Alpine, really. Thank you very much, um, Mas. Um, Charlie, please go ahead. So yeah, Charlie, please go ahead. Thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, um, just 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 following on from um, from what uh, Mas was saying regarding um, Alpine. I mean, obviously, this is their first season back um, in F1. I mean, it's Renault by name. Um, but obviously, with the, 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 a lot of rule changes and, you know, the, the, you know, the outlay of the cars in terms of it's all about aerodynamic efficiency, and there are going to be um, teething issues. What is interesting, however, is the, 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 the midfield battle um, seems to be raging. And it's like there are, there are two battles within each race. You've got... The midfield group, which could be virtually everybody, you know, um, maybe with the um, the exception of Williams, who seem to be bringing up the rear, but they're getting better. 
And then at the front, you've got um, uh, you've got Ferrari, and you've got the Red Bull. Now, um, I don't know how many connoisseurs, because I'm not always a real connoisseur, but I, I do like the technical um, information that comes out uh, regarding um, F1. And um, I think it comes, it kicks into effect in Belgium. Now, there's a regulation that has been part of the, the, the regulation since the beginning of the season, um, where the main topic of discussion was flexing. Um, I'm not. Too, I, I mean, I've just been bringing myself up to speed on this um, as we speak, and um, it could well appear that Ferrari and Red Bull have had a, a flexing floor that has been able to energize the the, the rakes that they run, uh, giving them a distinct advantage of anything up to could be point four to maybe even half of a second. Now, although it was within the regulations. Um, the planks that they've been using, the regulations state that the planks can only flex by two millimetres. So if you've got a plank that can flex by six millimetres, it will give you an aerodynamic advantage. Um, now, potentially, because the fear are now clamping down on this, potentially, I will say, because I don't want egg on my face, um, we may see a convergence of all of the cars, um, well, most of the cars, by the time we get to Belgium, which is when the FIA are going to rigidly enforce this part of the directive. So the ill-gotten gains that have been that have been had by Ferrari, who have who have actually admitted that they're going to have to look again at, at how they they manage the underfloor, and Red Bull, who currently aren't saying anything, because you know that's that's Red Bull. Um, may well come back to the field. Now, if you all remember, I'm sure you've probably had it on this space before, where we've discussed um, the porpoising um, that especially Mercedes have been afflicted by. Now, obviously, Mercedes have been working in terms of engineering to engineer that out. Yeah, they are using a floor that is legal. Yeah, so they won't, and their flexing has not been anywhere near six millimetres. So we could see a convergence coming. So for those of you who are fans of the sport, fans of Alpine even, could find that there is a level playing field with all of the teams. Unfortunately, it would have been nice if they'd have brought this directive in, in Canada, um, but the earliest that it can be done to obviously give time for teams to adjust um, is going to be at the, um, the Belgium Grand Prix in, 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 in Spa. So, you know, that's that's what I wanted to say on that. Because at the moment, it's just crazy. I mean, you start the race and within a couple of laps, um, Ferrari and Red Bull are about eight, nine seconds down the road. That's what aerodynamics and proper, you know, good, not proper, good aerodynamics can do uh, to a car. So it's not what you see on these cars. It's what you don't see um, that creates all of the, the, the pace and, and the downforce um, um, that they can, can generate. So, yeah, um, and funny enough, this actually was brought up by Alpine because it was Alpine that actually spotted that these teams may not be within the, you know, the spirit of, of, of the rules, which is why it has come up. So just wanted to add that to the space. Thanks. Thank you so much, um, Charlie, for the information. Um, I believe some of us um, weren't even aware that it was Alpine that um, saw that or identified that. But yeah, thank you so much, um, Charlie. Miss 
So we have Miss Catrock then um Cookie. So uh, then um Imade you close up the top please. Carry on Miss Catrock. Catrock. Sorry. Yeah, I think that it's just a bit of a piss take that they're giving them so long to get these floors sorted because I bet you that if anybody else was doing this on the grid, Christian Horner would be screaming his head off that immediately, immediately they shouldn't be given any leniency. And it, it I think it's really annoying that when it comes to situations where Red, Red Bull is benefiting, they get so much time to get their act together and it's just out of order. Because realistically, if you have this floor that's illegal and you're benefiting and you're giving them three races to get it together then and they're winning, then it's unfair to the rest of the grid. So why are we doing this? Because they know they were doing something wrong, so they should have to immediately get rid of it. It's not fair. But when I'm just going to move on to Alpine, um, I don't know what's wrong with them because they seem to have a really good car, but a really poor strategy. And I just can't get my head around what they're doing. It seems like they're just out there for a jolly. Because sometimes you see that they're doing really, really well and they're going to be up there with everyone. And then... They just do some craziness. But I know that today they had some issue with the vibration in the car wheel. And that's why they had to go in um, to fix it. So maybe that's what really was causing an issue for them today. But yeah, that's my two cents. Thank you very much, Ms. Cutrock. Um, Cookie, please. Okay. Um... On, on the issue of floor planes and all that, um, I also I also think it's it's madness, you know, allowing the teams to continue um, running uh, with with the floors that might be illegal. Um, I don't know why they 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 didn't um stop that this weekend. I don't know, or maybe. To the next race, I don't know, but uh, I think uh, this uh, season it's gonna be interesting. You know, after um, the this issue of uh, flaws, you know, after they check the flaws and all that, and they make changes, you know, um, some teams I think some teams might suffer, then some might go through the field, you know. Um, Going to Alpine, um, I also think they have a good car. Um, they are stronger than most of the teams, you know. But, yeah, I, I can agree in terms of strategies and all that. Um, I'm not sure if they're getting it right. But um, I want to say um, Fernando Alonso today, um, he, he, he drove well going through the field, you know, starting from the back. And finishing P10, you know that's that 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 was a good recovery, you know. But with the car that they have, um, I feel like maybe he should have finished um up there. But um, I'm not a fan of Fernando, but yeah, I think I feel like he he did a good job for the team. Um, Esteban Ocon as well. Um, I think I also think uh finishing um. Uh, was it P6? I think uh, it wasn't P5 or P6. It wasn't bad, you know. Um, yeah, but I feel like they they can do better. They can do better, you know, going forward. 
Thank you, Cookie. Uh, Imadi, please. Yeah, um, on the whole floor flexing thing, I think we should, it's not the entire floor that is flexing, that there should be, we should understand exactly what it is. I think it is the plank that runs through the middle of the floor that saves the, um, the actual bottom of the floor from scraping the ground. And it's actually the um, second half of the plank towards the rear of the car that seems to be flexing to six millimeters. So it's not the entire floor because if all the other cars, every car, even the Red Bull, even though the ones that are not showing, have internal streaks or, out, or external streaks like the Mercedes. But it's not the entire floor that is flexing. Then secondly, if they were truly now, I'm not um Binotto has actually come out to say, oh yeah, they'll have to redesign their floor and all that. But if they were truly illegal according to the rules, then I think there'll be much more noise than this. But according to how the rules were written, there are loopholes being there were loopholes being exploited by Ferrari and well, we don't know about Red Bull because um, Christian Hanna has actually come out to deny that. So we can't really say. But there were loopholes being exploited. And that is why um, the FIA actually came out to say, okay, we're giving these guys, because if you guys, if these guys are breaking the rules extensively, then it will just be like what um, happened with Racing Point a couple of years ago where they were docked points. There was investigation. I think they gave them a $400,000 fine and all that kind of a thing. If you're breaking the rules, white and black written rules, then there would have been investigation. But this is on the FIA. So, and since it's on the FIA, the FIA has to actually give the teams opportunity to correct that wrong. So, and for, so that's what I actually wanted to touch on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Imadi. Uh, okay. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, on Alpine, I think um, that's that's it from um, Alpine. Um, moving on to McLaren. McLaren. Uh, I was just I I just stumbled on um on a transcript whereby um Daniel Ricardo asked to ask severally to um was it to overtake um Lando so that he could um he could show the team what he could do in clean air but um they ignored him you know and um, I believe that was the same thing uh yesterday as well. So um on McLaren, Daniel Ricardo and Lando Norris as a whole I'll say some of some of these um, teams here. There's one issue that some of these teams have, and that is where they are struggling is how to control their drivers. You know, you have this thing in this, or rather, a similar issue in Ferrari. Yeah, and then um, probably what's happening in McLaren now with um, Timo. There's one driver saying they are faster than the other. The other one says, oh, it's because the tires are not warm enough. Or, you know, so um in terms of in terms of um the results, I would say uh 
or what's his name? Lando finishing what the what did he finish again? Is it P seven? And then Ricardo finishing P nine. It my own opinion is good to have both cars um in the points, but if this is what is going on um on Ricardo's side of the team with um Lando being favored in terms of um, team orders, then I feel is something they should look at because um Ricardo, we all know that Ricardo is this kind of driver that take, that he takes his time to acclimatize to a new environment and a new machinery, you know. So, in such situations, what I feel is they should be supporting him, you know, to get the best out of him, you know, especially when they spent so much in terms of um, salary. But one can never really... One can... At the end of the day, one can never really... um well, I say really give an exact um, or rather pinpoint to a, an actual solution because we really don't know what's... We just um, speak based on the knowledge um, provided to us, you know. So, um, yeah, but I'll say credit to both drivers being in the points, you know, the best they could do, you know. So, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, Mars, please go ahead. Yo, I, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, regarding McLaren, first of all, I'm very happy that we both finished in the points. I mean, both our drivers finished in the points. Um, yeah, as you can tell, I'm a, I'm a McLaren fan. It's very hard for us at the moment. But, I mean, it could have gone worse, especially because practice one was we couldn't put on time. So... Um, it could have gone worse. I'm happy that we both got in the points. But at the same time, regarding Ricardo, Ricardo is a driver that performs when he's shown support and trust by the team. Let's look at him. Uh, wait, sorry, one sec. Let's look at him in... Uh, um, let's look at him in Renault, right? He had so much love and respect by Cyril. Let's look at him in Red Bull. So much he was there, and obviously once Max started putting on the points, he started he started saying that there was more favor for Max, and then he left. I mean, anyways, what I'm trying to say that is it works when he has a lot of love from the team, and at the moment, especially after what Zach Brown came and said, which I think that it was really out of pocket, came out and said in public, he has affected him in a way that obviously it just won't work. Now, I think it's quite obvious that. McLaren is putting in a lot in Lando Norris. They are going to be like there is no point, there is no arguing the fact that Lando is our number one driver. But at the same time, I feel like they are not also allowing Daniel to use his experience because Lando is our number one driver. But the truth is, Daniel has much more experience, has gone to much much bigger teams. So. He, he can he, that experience might help him, and that's actually why they recruited him in the first place. Um, honestly, I don't see them renewing past 2023, which would be very sad because I'm a huge Dan Rick fan. Uh, huge, should I mean, I, I was even a Red Bull fan because of Dan Rick, and but that was very dark days. I've now seen the lights. Um, but yeah, it's 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 bad. It's just bad. We, we just get these points, and I mean, I, but I personally think that 
we will fight for that number four spot. We are fighting and we will get that best in the rest. Especially with Alpine having all these reliability issues, there is a lot of things that, there's a lot of points that we can catch. But I mean, good race overall, I'd say, because we both got, both our drivers got into the point. So yeah. Thank you very much, uh, Mas. Um, I don't know if anyone has anything to add on. Okay, I see Miss Catrock. Please go ahead. I love Daniel Ricardo. <laughs> He's one of my favorite midfield drivers. I just think that his um, management structure just bastards for the way that they're treating him. And I just don't understand. Before you even got to the halfway mark, you're out there telling people how you're not happy with him and you're not going to renew, blah, blah, blah. To me, that's not how you get the best out of your driver. And they are lucky that in spite of all their madness that he's still trying to drive properly because other drivers would be like, okay, whatever in it. And they would just be coming in at the back and you'd get no points. So really they should be thanking him that in spite of the way how they treat him, that he has integrity and he's driving because of his reputation in spite of them, because their management structure, they, I mean, they're relying on Lando, but Lando's not consistent. So some days he's good, but some days he's not great. So to me, what they should have done is, okay, even if you have decided to prioritise Lando over Daniel Ricciardo, just don't come out. And like, can you imagine your boss coming out and saying there's two people that work for me, but I like John, Ben and Catherine. And, you know, at the end of the day, she's going soon anyway. So, and I don't really care for her. Like, wh who does that? <laughs> it's just disgusting. So I, I just hope that he drives really, really well for the end of the season and just so that it's in their face, egg on their face, because they're pissing me off. And I love Daniel. Thank you very much, Miss um, Catrock. I believe is well. Um, okay, Mars, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I just wanted, like, just quickly, right? Just very, very, very quickly. I just wanted to say that I don't. I think Lando is an amazing driver, and I have to be honest. If I was in their shoes, I would definitely put Lando on. I would definitely favor Lando, but. At the same time, um, and as I said earlier, the reason why they brought Daniel is because of his experience. Is because And you're a midfield team, so uh, of course, championship comes in terms of drivers' championships, but what you're really, really, really like, um, what you're really looking for is points at the end of the day. You want both your drivers to be in points, so you have to act in a way where both your drivers are pleased I think Lando is very consistent, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll just move a bit away from what uh, Miss Catrock said. Uh, I think Lando is consistent. I think he's an amazing driver. I personally think he's going to be world champion at some point in time, if provided, obviously, um, <laughs> McLaren saws that issue because he's signed with us till 2026, and I don't know why he did that. But anyways... Um, I think he's, but at the same time, it's about favoring broke drivers. And when, especially so early in the season, you start hammering down on Dan Rick, it's, it won't work. And it, it, it really won't. And I think uh, looking at how, not fast, but looking at how um, we are points, points to points to the team that 
is always taking great penalties and stuff like that. It it should tell you how bad is working on Daniel Ricardo's performance. Thank you very much. Okay, yeah, we have uh, Adeni. Please go ahead. Yeah, first of all, I would like to say that um, I don't know why I've been having problem on this space, but I believe it's not this space. Um, actually, probably is my network. But for a very long time now, I've not been. I know you, you should have noticed that whenever I'm about to speak, I just suddenly go off. But anyway, um, I'd like to say I'm a big Daniel Ricardo fan. And uh, I guess some guys here will know that already. And um, I think one of the pro- major problems uh, he's facing now is because of his quick transition bet- between Red Bull, Renault, and uh, McLaren, he, prob- he definitely would have altered some of the um, grip or, or what he's used to. And then um, maybe McLaren is, ju- is just failing to do the car that he's used to because I've read different art- articles on why he's not um, as consistent, why he's not as good in McLaren as he was at the Renault and the Red Bull. And first, when he was leaving Red Bull at the time, I I wasn't really in support of the move, but it was what it is anyway. And in Renault too, Renault were not really challenging when he was there. The kind of settings for like the third best team at, at the time, and maybe if it was still there now with Alpine, it, was, it would have been a better course for him than in McLaren now. But I, I can't fault him because it's not like he would know, he would come with the idea that he's going to be a second place driver. He would have thought, okay, I'm, I'm coming, a, I'm going to be with Lando now, and he's much younger. He's not going to go with the mentality that okay, I'm I'm going to be second place. We have thought, if anything, it will be more equal, or I'll be I'll be I'll be favored. So I guess it's something that is not acting in his um, favor. McLaren generally would favor Lando. I it, it's not it's not bad anyway because he's young, so it's better they focus the project on him if they are if they really want to um, win with him the better uh, uh, build the project to his favor. I can't fault I can't fault them in that. But at the same time, it's kind of ruining uh Dan Eric's time with them and for us his fans is not really it's not really a good one. So yeah that's that for now. Thank you very much uh Adini. Uh well on your on you trying to speak earlier and I apologize. We have no um, control over the space platform itself, but yeah, thank you for being I'm able to sure. uh, speak. It has uh, happened like two or three weeks now. Oh wow! I, um, I really, I really don't know, but um, I, I, I don't know. I think maybe um during the space if you could like if you have another network or something, you could just try that or another device. You know, maybe that might help. You know, but... Today I was not quite lucky. I after uh, several times of trying and joining and going up and joining and going up and joining, I'm sure you must have been tired of even adding me to <laughs> to speakers already. So I just I just left and slept off. I woke up now, so uh, the space is still running. I quickly I quickly came back. 
Well, thank you. Thank you for um, coming back. So, um, yeah, moving on, we've got um, we've got the Alpha Romero. So, um, the Alpha Romero of Guan Yu Zhou and Vouch uh, Botas Botas um but us finishing p11 just oh, just unfortunately he was outside the points and then um what's his name again uh you do when you do finishing p14 you know so um i can't remember did when you finish yesterday i'm not even i can't remember if he finished yesterday because or maybe it was I can't remember when he had to retire the car. But anyways, that's by the way. So um quite unfortunate, you know. Um I would say good recovery from Botas. You know, um good recovery from Botas. Um he still hasn't lost it, still has that drive and um racecraft in him. You know, um just unfortunate to finish outside the points. But on Alpha, um, in general, I feel Alpha in a similar, in a similar fashion, um, they seem to be experiencing um a bit of reliability issues because it's, almost every weekend they are changing something from the car to the um this weekend they change is it the turbo charger and some other things again. So I don't know for Alpha, I would say. It's like thank God both drivers um made it to the checker flag, which is um one thing. But unfortunately, there are no points. You know, um, if you want to, if you want to look back at the last three four races, I'm not sure they've really had a good weekend. Last week was God a beg, and um, thank God he's back on the he's back on the grid. You know that could have gone very nasty. You know, so um, I don't. I, I think they also are experiencing reliability reliability issues, which they need to look at because we still have some uh more races. And how long do you want to keep on changing our um, parts? Because the more you change parts, the more the budget um, or rather the you tend to use up the budget. So. Uh, I think it's. I think the team as a whole needs to look at um why they are experiencing um such an issue. Likewise, like I'm helping. Um, Adeni, please go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, I don't um actually look into these uh, midfield teams as much as I do with the uh, Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull. So, but I would first like to say. Joe, with uh, being the least experienced driver on the grid, he's really performing like I didn't actually put an expectation on him. I didn't uh, give him any, I didn't wait, okay, uh, I think he's going to be good or maybe he's not going to be there. But I think he's performing fairly okay or even more than fairly okay. He's been very brilliant this season, you know, and I, he's been better than Bottas so far. Yeah, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I recall correctly. And both of us today, very, very unlucky to miss out of the points. But maybe one of the issues this, uh, these smaller teams are having is I don't, I don't know if for any reason 
they are probably trying to manage because of the cost cap, but I don't think it's going to be an issue for them because they don't normally even spend that much. But um, since uh, prices of things are way more expensive than they used to be across uh, Europe and maybe in the world, so probably it's an issue for them because since generally have been both alphas, Romeo and Tari, it has um, reliability has been quite an issue for them this season. Yeah. I think Tari has had their fair bit of a, of a, not, not reliability, reliability per se, but performance based. They've had highs and lows and highs and lows. So I don't really understand because I, I don't really go, um, I don't really much about them. But uh, going forward, because the excitement in this season is just overwhelming, I will try as much as possible to look into them. Thank you very much, Adeni. Um, okay, Imade, please, you go last. Uh, Mas, please. Oh, um, I, I'm going to go very quickly. I don't have much to say about Alfa Romeo, to be honest. They're probably suffering uh, because they, they have a Ferrari engine, so they're probably suffering. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that's what they're suffering. <laughs> but um, at the same time, yeah, as I said, I, what, I had very low expectation for Guan Yu Zhou. I mean, not low, but because um, I uh, he, he never won the F2 championship. I was rooting for Oscar Piastri, Piastri, Oscar Piastri woo, to come in. So I had no expectations. I'm very happy to see what he's doing. Um, and I think he's performing very well. Um, obviously, a lot of reliability issues. Uh, same thing with uh, set of reliability issues because of that power engine. But aside from that, I mean, I think there is not much. I mean, P11 and P14 is what is probably what their car can give them. So, yeah, not, not much to say about Alfa Romeo. Thank you. Imade, please. Yeah, I literally wanted to say what he was saying. Like, um, we know how or we've seen how unreliable the Ferrari engine is. And um, so we're not we shouldn't be surprised that they're having reliability issues. Um, but Guanju has actually, I think he has outqualified um voters three races in a row, if I'm right. So yes, he's a rookie, and probably people expected him to struggle, but is maybe he just needs to find a way to improve his race baseball. He's been doing well so far to me. And we shouldn't have expected much from him because I'm sure in the back of his head, he'll still be imagining um, himself upside down and being thrown into the barrier. So probably it's going to take a few races for him to get out, get that out of his mind and fully focus on racing. But that's still going to be affecting his psyche while racing for probably till maybe the summer break. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, I see him, uh, Miss Cartwright, please. Please go ahead. To be fair to Bottas, he took an engine penalty today. That's why he started from the back of the grid. And I just think that um, in starting at the back, um, and then making your way to 11th just outside of the points is actually quite good. So I'm not too mad at it. Thank you. Um, I think on Joe, I think coming in 
this season and coming into F1. I'm sorry, can someone remind me when um, Alpha were trying to make a decision? Who was the other um, contender for the seats apart from Joe? I've just forgot. Imada, I don't know if you remember. Um, was it not Piastri? Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, it was between Piastri. him and Piastri. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I think um, him. Um, before the beginning of the season, when Alfa Romero announced him as their second driver, the feeling, or rather, let me even say myself as an individual, I looked at it and it's more of a pay driver, you know, and I think that is why um, he seems to have surprised everyone, you know, with his um, performance in the last few races because. The idea was that um he's he's coming into the sport as a paid driver, you know, because Oscar Piastri looked as the more talented um individual or driver per se. So I think that's where the perception of cons or concept comes about. But um credit to him though, um for having a decent rookie season so far. What, Believe was is it race ten or eleven again? But we're almost we're kind of halfway into the season now, you know. Um, let's see how he's able to um carry on for or rather to Abu Dhabi, you know. So yeah, um, moving on, we've got um Haas, so uh, Haas of Mick Schumacher and um Kevin Magnuson. So uh yesterday, which was the sprint, we had um or rather some of us witnessed the the tussle between Hamilton and um and um Mick, you know, and how Mick was able to defend that position for a while towards until he lost it to Hamilton towards the end. Uh it was it's quite funny, you know, after the whole sprint and then Mick comes out to say, Oh, he was actually faster than um Kevin, you know, but um the team did not um what do you call the team did not give way, you know. Hence again, this brings this team orders um team orders um issue again. So I really in my own opinion, though, um, on team orders, I feel if one driver is faster, let him go through. You understand? There shouldn't be much... There shouldn't be... That... Um, let's say... I don't want to call it favoritism, you know, because so every, at the end of the day, everyone has their own favorite driver. Even the team principals have their own favorite driver. But... There should be more of a balance. If 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 um, Schumacher is faster, then 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 let him through. Because at the end of the day, this is a driver that we've we've all criticized in the past that he he doesn't really have um a, a seat in this sport. You know, he's banking off the glory of um his father, and um, now he's able to realize he's able to show one or two things, and then. The team is trying to hold him back, you know. So um, I don't know if anyone has anything to say on Haas in general, but um, 
on the race today, I would say it was a decent um a decent one from both drivers. I I personally think the house car is is more track specific, you know, because they, they were they went like this in um where did we go last week? Um, Silverstone. You know, they they had good qualifying in Canada, but they were but um they were not so good in um Silverstone. So it just as I said earlier, it just boils down to the track. If if they are good in this track, oh well, we will go with. It. If they are not good in this track, we we'll move on to the next. You know, and that's the way I see us. Um, okay, Denny, please go ahead. Yeah, we, we could see obviously that uh, Hamilton was even quite surprised uh, that the um, the air speed was tremendous on straight line. So that's that that's something for them. And I guess, like you said um, before, their their car just might be uh, track specific. Well, and uh, about team orders, I guess it's quite different when we are looking at it for the midfield teams because when you are going to allow a way for other um like other cars behind that's if uh, uh, if they are not alone because in Magnus's case he had he had um Mick and Hamilton right behind him so if he was going to let Mick no okay I, I guess at the time maybe he still had Paris but he had at, at the time he had um Lewis behind him so if he was going to if we were going to let Mick go through they are definitely looking for trouble because um, he contributed to what made Perez uh, get out so easily or get past them so easily. Because at the time when um, Lewis was battling, uh, Mick had Diaris from Magnussen, which made him pull away from Lewis. Every time Lewis was getting closer, he was able to, uh, he was managing to pull away one way or the other. Eventually, when Magnussen like, went beyond the one second, um, Gap, I'm meeting just easily, and um, so yeah, I guess as far as team orders go, is is a little bit different from uh, for midfield teams. So that's that for now. And if um, if I have any other thing to say, I'll just um reserve my hand. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know if anyone has anything to add on has. Um. Okay. Um so um guys just quickly um thank you very much um Miss Catrock um for sharing this with us. Um so basically Red, Red Bull has um released a statement and then um I'm going to I'm going to just read out the statement um briefly. I believe is on the incident that has happened. Okay, so whilst we all enjoy the passionate support of the majority of fans in Spielberg this weekend, we are shocked to hear that there has there have been incidents of completely unacceptable behavior in the grandstands and the farm parks. We hope that we hope that security and the authorities deal with this swiftly. There is no place for it in racing or society as a whole. We value inclusion and want a safe space for fans to enjoy our sports. Um yeah. That's all from um, Red Bull, you know. So, uh, yeah. Well, many of us want that. Can I? Can I? 
Yeah, Can I say yeah. something? Yeah, go ahead, Nadia. Yeah, this is exactly what we're saying. Now, Red Bull has come out to say something. Now, we're not, I'm not, once again, I'm not trying to excuse or uh, absolve them of not trying to do something. But Red Bull has come out to say something. Tomorrow, Verstappen might even put out a lengthier statement. Then each individual driver puts out a lengthier statement. But these individuals will still be who they are. You can't change them with statements. Not until the FIA and then the track promoters and then the track owners take the initiative to install systems, the same systems that are in premiership football clubs and um, football stadiums and other um, UEFA football stadiums, to be able to fish out, know who is harassing who, know who is catcalling, know who is um, being racist and throwing slurs around, not until all those are actually installed in every racetrack and then those things are ingrained in the contractual um, agreement that if you guys don't install these things, then we'll pull out from racing in your in your venue, in your country. Not until all those things are done, these things will continue because these statements are worthless. If you message all the sponsors of Red Bull, message Oracle that has dropped 150 million to Red Bull for the next five years, message and buy, buy bait, whoever you want to message in Red Bull, the best those ones will do is put out this kind of funny statements as well. And it will change nothing. So when we're saying, oh, what is Red Bull doing? What is Verstappen doing? Verstappen, okay, this is, um, Lewis has spoken. Lewis is one of the most out, um, outspoken drivers among all the drivers. And he speaks on different things. Are they not still terrible Lewis fans? Don't they still attack people? Don't they still say, they're still even racist Lewis fans, even as, much as Lewis is not a racist, they still attack black people. I see it on Twitter. So my my point, and I think Abbas's point earlier was, oh, we can we yes, I and I also said um, Verstappen should actually do more. He's a world champion now, and the onus is on him to actually do more, live up to that. Lewis and Seb, that we all beloved at this point, we're not like this. Seb was I am I support Seb. Seb was one of the drive and go home kind of guys all he does is do a funny hairstyle come up with amazing helmets drive win a race and he's off he has never had social media so but he grew into this activism Louis that we all beloved we know those that of us that have been in f1 for years know some of the things Louis has done is Louis that tweeted telemetry of his of his um, um of his um, teammates saying they're favoring his teammate over him. So let's give, my point is, let's give Verstappen a little more time to grow. And all this asking for statements, looking for perfect individuals might not be what will cut it. The people we should treasure as fans is the FIA. The FIA needs to do more, not looking for statements from teams and all that. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Imadi. Uh, well, I w- as I've said, it's just very um, unfortunate with um, what is going on. I've just, I don't know if anyone has seen it. I don't even, I don't know, but I've seen where he, he read, he, I think he's a Red Bull fan, born in a Mercedes cap, you know, though it's just a cap, but... I don't know. As um, I can't remember who said it. All these things start from home. 
You know, it depends on how you were brought up as a, an individual. How you were brought up as an individual. That was me. Um, uh, oh, yeah, um, Charlie, yeah, it was There was you. one other thing I wanted yeah. to, to, to just uh, Yeah, up. like how you... Yeah, how you were brought up as an individual really, um, well, I say really shows or reflects on how you act in the society, you know. So, um, it's just very sad, you know, just very sad, regardless of um, your skin color or your gender or your um, what do you call your sexuality. It's just very sad we have um, this going on. Um, yeah, um, I don't know, Charlie, please go ahead. Yeah, um, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, please. Um, it's it's quite interesting now that Red Bull, um, probably their PR department, have decided that they needed to issue a statement on the proceedings um, that happened, you know, during the race, during the, the sprint race, etc. Um, and they were probably pushed into that as well. So it, it just makes you wonder just how much, how much they actually mean what it is that they're saying or whether they're just giving us you know, the usual lip service just to ensure, because I understand that the um, the contract for the A1 ring uh, comes up uh, again next year. So obviously they're, they're looking ahead and thinking, well, we do want to come back here because this is kind of a, you know, this is, this is Red Bull territory. And let's face it, it's owned by Red Bull. So it would be in their interests, you know, um, as, you know, as well as their sponsors, to make sure that this event goes on. So it does, you do question the integrity um, of the, you know, of this disclosure as to whether it was meaningful or not. And, uh, you know, I reflect back to the Nelson Piquet um, incident, yeah, uh, where Max was given, I think, ultimate, you know, so many times to say that, you know, that kind of behaviour is not tolerated in the society of today. And not once did he pick it up. More importantly, not once did anybody from Red Bull pick it up, knowing the association that Nelson Piquet had with Max Verstappen because of his girlfriend, and therefore Red Bull. So as you can see, when it is in their interest to say something, they're not thinking about us, and they're not thinking about really what happened. All they're thinking about is the longevity of their association in terms of you know, hosting an F1 race in the future, and let's not let it die cold because when the discussions do come around, um, we may be frozen out because, you know, everybody knows, you know, Kyle Army is expected to get the, the nod for the Grand Prix um, in South Africa. Fantastic. With, you know, long overdue. Yeah. So that's that's coming ahead. There are also so many tracks around the world now that Formula One now knows that they can actually host races before. There was like vacancies. I mean, they could have four races in America. They could have a race in Canada. They've got a circuit in India. They've got Malaysia. They've got South Africa. They've got Great Britain. They've got Germany. There's so many places that they can go to. They don't need Austria, maybe as much as Austria needs them. So sometimes it's always good to, you know, read between the lines when these kind of um, statements come out, especially the ones that come out at the last minute. Because, I mean, if it wasn't for, for Kat, who picked it up and decided to let us all know, fantastic work, young lady, um, let us all know exactly that this statement had, had, had come out, you know, how many of the general public who may not even be into social media, but they do like to watch races on TV, yeah, 
How many of them would have picked it up until maybe, I don't know, three, four, five weeks down the line? So it would have just filtered out and it would have just been Nusha in the background. And that's what Red Bull wants. This is more a statement for the authorities than it is for the, you know, the, the, the greater public at large. Because really and truly, they, they have the ability, like the guy said, the technology is available to try and weed out these troublemakers to make sure, A, they don't have a voice, and B, they don't have access. Because once they don't have access, they cannot, you know, um, give everybody that spiel um, that they have that is, like, central to who they are, you know? So, so yeah, I take it with a pinch of salt, um, the, 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 the communication that has come, come out of Red Bull, especially now that, you know, the coverage that was live, yeah, is, is no longer live. So I wonder who would have picked it up. Thank you. Thank you very much, um, Charlie. Um, okay, uh, let me see. I don't know if Miss Catrock um, wanted to add something just before we move on. Ms. Yeah, please go ahead, Miss Catrock. I just want to say that as much as we're looking forward to racing in South Africa and it sounds really great, just remember that South African people are Dutch um, by descent. So as much as, yes, it will be on the continent, just remember their history. Okay? Yeah. Thank you. Um, that lady is really good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Ms. Cadrock. So, um, guys, moving on. Um, sorry we had to... Um, just say that we've got um Aston Martin and Williams. Okay. Um Aston Martin. Um I don't know. Aston Martin, um coming in this weekend, because we had quality on Friday. You know, I do I personally have not expected any anything new or anything um interesting. I, I wasn't I was expecting them to well, I see, start being where Alpine are, but at least you expect a bit of um, progress, you know, but coming in this weekend, oh, I can't remember, where did they qualify? Is it P18 and um, P20? Or P17? Okay, yeah, P17 and P20. And then um, in the sprint, there's no difference. You know, I think uh, just Lance was able to make some places up, um, if I'm not mistaken, P12 or P13. But um, I remember Vettel finishing P... Um, he didn't even finish, you know, he had to box um, in the last lap. And I, I, I honestly don't know why they told him to box that last lap. But, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just very unfortunate we um, Aston Martin, the way they've dropped you know is it is more like a fall from um grace you know they were much more better when they had the well or rather when they were pink when it was um formerly what was the name again racing points but ever since this whole Aston Martin rebranding it has just been going from bad to worse you know and then um Vettel it just looks like Vettel is just there drive the car anywhere we finish let's on to the next you know so that's just the way um i see 
um, Aston Martin personally. And um, yeah, okay, let me call her Imadi because I know he's a big Vettel fan. So uh, okay, Imadi, you you go last. Let's um, give everyone um, the opportunity. So Miss um, Catrock and Charlie, please. Yeah, Vettel was really annoyed when he got pushed into the gravel by Alex Albon, and um, I I thought that that Lance Stroll had a decent race considering who he's driving for and the car that he's driving. I was really surprised to see him up in the middle, almost into the point. So, I mean, the car is not great. So I I don't really have that much expectations, but I did think that he drove a good race today. Charlie, please. Charlie, please. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, forgot, yes, please. I forgot, I forgot the mic was off. Um, I, I, I have to admit, I have a lot of, I have a lot of sympathy for, for Aston Martin because um, obviously when it was announced that they were coming back to F1, their shareholders and everybody did expect, you know, there were high expectations of the team, what with the launch of the car and everything, yeah? And obviously, at the at the beginning, the testing and the, the first couple of races, although it hadn't really come to fruition, they were so success is everything for Aston Martin that they did what he seemed to be a failure. Now everybody has different views on whether or not they copied the the Red Bull car, well, the the skin of the Red Bull car, let's say, um, hoping that that would give them the kind of performance that would push them further to the, you know, closer to, to the top teams. And, and clearly that, that has been a, you know, a resounding failure. And I think, if anything, that was probably one of the, 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 the clipping points that told everybody else, and Fia, you know, and some of the technical directors, that there must be something afoot because the red, that, that Aston Martin was virtually, I would say virtually, with with some trepidation as well, but virtually a copy of the Red Bull. Unfortunately, they couldn't copy what was underneath the car. Yeah? And that's what's led them to go from... Because they were operating in the midfield for a while. Um, you know, Sebastian was getting some, some decent results at the beginning of the season, getting in the points. Now, they are firmly at the rear with a car that just keeps on, if anything, going backwards and occasionally surprising everybody when, you know, half of the grid fails to finish so I, they do I do have a lot of sympathy and this is why the regulations I believe are so so important because they level the playing fields for everyone yeah so um yeah I know I'm really I'm putting all of my eggs into one basket regarding um the, you know the end of the month but but I, I I do believe that this this will be a game changer and hopefully it will stop teams from going down these routes of having to copy someone. Because just imagine how much of their cost cap um, um, Aston Martin have had to put into the rebuild of this car. And that's what, uh, you know, a lot of people up and down the paddock have actually been stated, is that they have obviously taken a a lot out of their cost cap, out of their costs to to, to bring forward this new-looking Red Bull car thinking that they were going to get themselves, you know, closer to the front, and then it doesn't happen, you know? So, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. But hopefully in future, 
um, this 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 kind of you know under the carpet cheating um, won't happen again, and it will be a level playing field for everyone. One other thing on the cost cap: the cost cap was designed to bring the teams at the back closer to the teams at the front in terms of how much they had to spend. Yeah, and if you look to a certain extent, the cost cap has worked because the midfield is much, much bigger now than it has ever been. So it has worked, just needs a little bit of tweaking and we'll be able to enjoy some really fat... I mean, some of the wheel-to-wheel racing today, I'm sure some of you saw it, there were like five cars, you know, going into a corner. I mean, when was the last time we ever managed to see something like that in F1? We'd have to go to F2 and F3 to see that kind of thing happening. So it was fantastic to see the best drivers in the world, you know, making it out for, you know, for 300 yards of, of space. It was brilliant. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Charlie. Uh, I believe we are still on. I don't know if anyone wants to add anything. Okay, uh, Imade, please. You are, yeah, you have not spoken. Please go ahead on um, Aston Martin. I was hoping you really forget about me when Aston Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Well, honestly, um, I think um, to the whole copy thing, I think is a is a situation of um, okay, you catch it, you catch someone stealing once, and then whatsoever the person does going forward, the person is most likely going to be termed a thief. And I say that is because not because I support Aston Martin, actually support Vettel, but not because I like them, but because we should look at the points in the car now. They said, according to them, they said they had two cars in the wind tunnel and all that kind of a thing. Now, let's try and believe that because it's going to take a whole lot for them to redesign the chassis. You have to design the chassis. They said they designed the chassis that will take two spec cars. And it's going to take a whole lot for them to redesign the chassis, redesign the whole bodywork, the um, internals of the car to sort of picking the Red Bull car from what they had before, because they had an entirely wide body, a full undercut to what, the, to what they have now. So my own idea is, okay, they had this idea, they had the design, they were sort of going that direction. And then when Red Bull came out with it, they decided to optimize towards what Red Bull has done. So that's much my, that's my own, I think, conclusion to the whole copy thing. So I won't say the completely copied everything immediately they saw Red Bull was fast. That's going to be very difficult for them to achieve in less than four months because they would have they would have had to redesign the chassis, put that through a, the whole crash test, crash tests, homologate that, and then redesign the bodywork, redesign the radiators and all that kind of thing. So honestly, I don't believe immediately they saw the Red Bull car, they were able to copy that that fast. That's that. Then secondly, to the whole performance thing, I think is, I, I honestly don't even understand. I'm just baffled that, I was not expecting miracles, but just baffled at how way behind. They even seem worse off than before. So uh, as I said, I think I said like a couple of weeks ago, I'm just going to give them to, I personally, I think this is Vettel's last year in F1 because he's at this point of his career where, okay, fine, should I stay? Should I go have one? Practically everything possible in F1. I've been at the top. I've been at the. I've been at the crest. I'm currently at black the trough. So what else left for me? 
if they don't give him a, a car worthy of his talents, you don't expect him to hustle too much. He's just going to drive the car to as just going to drive the car to let me just get to the finish line and stop. So I think that's his other stage of his career. And personally, I think this is going to be his last year. He might shock me as always. So yeah, thank you. Thank you, uh, um, Imadi. Uh, okay, I see. We, I see. Um, mm, mm. Please go ahead. If you have anything on the Aston Martin topic, please. Ah, okay. Um, so I think um, I missed quite a bit since I was on the call. Like regarding Aston Martin, um, I'm quite um surprised that how poor they've been so far this season given the resources they have. But I think one of the reasons is I think there is a kind of, the kind of atmosphere in the team is not right. Because I think, was it one of the earlier races of the season, they, there was an issue in which Stroll had, or like he's, he's talked down on members of the team or something like this. So I, I think that's one of the problems with the team. Like, the working atmosphere is just not right for them and they can't seem to um, fix it at the moment. And I think regarding um, Seb, I, I mean, even though Aston Martin has been poor this year, he's had um, a renewed um, confidence with the way he drives compared to last year or is like last year with Ferrari. Uh, Ferrari. And um, I think with this um, Porsche, which is part of the Volkswagen Group coming into F1, we don't know when, but with the news. So they obviously want a German driver. I mean, it's, it's we saw that with us also when they tried getting a German sponsor and one of their requests then was a German driver and this is why they had to go for Mick then. So I, I think Seb still has a few years in F1, but whether I get a car in the front or not, I don't, I wouldn't be able to say, but I just hope Pastor Martin can turn it around. Thank you. Thank you very much, um, MM. Well, uh, I think for Seb, we're being very honest, and I think um, it's probably great to get a drive with a top team again. You know, um, I think that time is gone. Um, but yeah, um, okay, I don't know if anyone has anything to add to Aston Martin, just before we move on to Williams. Okay. Okay, um, Williams, 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 Williams. Uh, I think this weekend, I'm not even sure I even saw Latifi. All I heard is that he retired. I can't remember if I saw Latifi. But um, I saw Albon a couple of times. Albon, Albon had, um, I believe he finished P, is it P12 or P13? Um, yeah, P12, yeah. So Albon was able to finish and Peter just behind um Butas and ahead of um Stroll while um Latifi re- retired. I personally don't know if it's um I feel it's more of an engine um issue or a mechanical issue because he didn't put the car in the wall, which is a plus. So I feel it's more of um a mechanical issue. And for Williams, Williams are Williams. Williams every weekend, I don't know, it's more like um marking attendance now. You know, as the tenth team on the grid. 
because uh, you want to you want to say okay, where is the drive? Where is the passion to go forward? But it's not just there, you know. Um, Latifi, where did Latifi? Was it was it a uh, or where where did Latifi? Have that good quality again. Someone should remind me, please, if it was Silverstone. Oh. Yeah, it was Silverstone. Yeah, uh-huh. so, um, yeah, Silverstone, where he had that um, decent quality and then um, finished outside the points, you know. So, Williams as a whole is, is I, 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 I've personally written this season off for them because I don't see any way forward i don't even i see williams and aston martin now i i will i say i want to i tend to see them almost in the same bracket or the same category you know but it's just i would say it's just very um unfortunate with what's going on with um williams because you have a driver like um alex albon who who it seems to be the only um, would well, well, I say the only positive thing coming out of Williams this season so far, Alex Albon? You know, every other thing is just there, stagnant, no change, no. Um, you okay? They so okay. They said this. They sold. They sold it to. Uh, what do you call it? Sold it to another company. Yet. I I honestly don't know. Maybe the change is going to come in next year. I honestly don't know. Um, Miss Catrop, please go ahead. So Latifi suffered floor damage in the race at the beginning because he ran over some debris on the track. And um, he said that it was costing him downforce and it made the car quite difficult to drive. And as he was driving, the damage was getting worse. So the team decided to retire him because they didn't want to damage the car even more because of the cost cap. And because they had damage from Silverstone the week before. So I think that going forward, you're going to see a lot of people um, taking these kind of decisions because people are going to run out of money before they run out of season. And that's going to be an issue going forward. Um, Alex Albon, he felt that he was matching the McLarens but was stuck in traffic. But essentially, he said he was quite happy with the race and um, that they kind of made some steps forward this weekend. So, I mean, it's Williams, so <laughs> there's not a lot to say, to be fair. Thank you, Miss. Cut rock. Um, I don't know. Okay, I don't know if anyone has anything to add again on Williams, but um, I would say is obviously it's a bit unfortunate. Um, with what happened with Latifi, you know, and then the whole budget cap issue comes into play again, you know, and then Williams have already been. I, w- I was just even going to ask um, a question, you know. With the budget cap being increased and Williams have previously been fined before, how does that really um, um, work or how does that really play out? Because they, they as a team have exceeded 
um, the budget cap. Um, I, I can't remember if it was in Baku where they were fined, but now the budget cap has been increased. So sometimes I just feel there's a will I say there's a little bit of inconsistency in um how things are done. You know, but I don't know if anyone would um if they got fined and then they increase the budget cap, they should give them the money back. Exactly, that's what I feel. You know, probably um the fine that they've paid, they should it should it sh- it should go back or except maybe um they've exceeded the the um latest limits um provided by the FIA then okay then we'll say okay that's fine. You know, but um for me I guess um that's it from Williams. Uh Oh, hang on, I was just reading about it. They they're not fined because they exceeded the cost cap. Um, yes, yeah, sorry, because they didn't file their documents, the documents. properly regarding uh, their financial regulations. So they're still within their their cost cap limits. They just had to pay twenty five grand for the breach. Yes, yeah, sorry. Um, actually, we actually said a couple of weeks ago, but I forgot. Um, so much happens, I guess. Um, yeah, that was actually why, um, they got fined, you know, so I guess that's the, I guess, um, in relation to, um, this, or rather what I said earlier, it doesn't really, um, apply to, um, Williams at this point, you know, so, um, moving on, um, in two weeks, we've got, um, the French GP, I don't know if anyone is expecting anything, um, in the French GP, because I believe after the French GP, we've got um one other race, and it's the summer break till um Spa. So uh, I don't know if anyone has anything um they want to add, or rather they're expecting at the French GP. I think nothing will yeah. change until they stop these people with their teeth in floors. <laughs> well, um, I know that uh, obviously that's that that change is gonna be well. I say it's gonna take a while for that change to come into effect. But um, yeah, um, Imadi, please go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, I was just going to talk about the whole flood thing. I like okay, I know Mercedes fans will be expecting that everyone to be on fire eventually once the floods, the flood technical directive kicking. And I just want to remind them of, um, I think last year, when they supposedly banned Red Bull and the Flexi Wings, and for some reason, Red Bull went faster. I think that was when they won four or five races in a row. So let's probably not expect too much when those technical directives kick in. Yeah. They probably added another illegal element that we couldn't find. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, no problem. (laughs) <laughs> well, um, I would say um, going into uh, what do you call it, um, France, um, in two weeks, I would say I'm looking forward to see how um, I, th- I believe most especially how the Mercedes will perform on the streets because um, is it, is it I can't remember is it turn seven or turn eight, um, then there's a long straight. So, um, I'm looking forward to how the Mercedes will perform on the street as compared to the other um um top two teams, 
you know, um, this might even be the last French um, GP we have with possibly with possibly a replacement coming into uh, the calendar, you know. And then um, I, I believe there's, I believe the French GP is leaving and Monaco is staying, which is which obviously has brought a, a bit of um, debates. Because I'm not, not many of us like Monaco, except you're a resident of Monaco. But um, yeah, for racing purpose, um, it's not the best. But but I guess um, when it comes to um, F1, it's more about the money and um, and and less about the <laughs> less about the fans, you know. So yeah, um. Okay, yeah, Denny, please go ahead. Yeah, I just want to... I'm not going to talk um, about the um, French GP because I don't want to yeah, give any expectations, so I will not be disappointed because that's the code uh, I've been living on throughout this season after Bahrain and the... Yeah, what was the second one? So, actually, I think, I think I've learned a lot from football, from Manchester United to at least minimize your expectation so you can maximize your excitement. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So uh, I'm going to be, I just think it's funny because they are bringing Las Vegas into the, uh, the whole thing. So we are going to have three United States um, circuits while um, Belgium is in contention. I think that's very, very unfair because Spa is a very, very historic um, Grand Prix. And aside that, it's a very 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 good place for racing so i'm just quite surprised why we're going to have las vegas miami and austin now we are going to be debating whether whether or not spa should stay i guess that's very is a very controversial decision and i think it shouldn't be it shouldn't uh Adeline, thank you very much uh if i'm even if i um well, I would say the expansion into America is more of um having American owners um in the sports, you know, because at the end of the Liberty Media is owned by um Americans. So it's only or rather it's only fair for them to expand their business to their to their to their domain or rather their environment, you know. And obviously, America has a very big market, you know, just like um the Indica. So um, I would say, in terms of um the calendar, the calendar is, is is one of the biggest um, that's where one of the biggest politics goes on in in these sports because people gain, people lose, you know. Yeah. Um, um, it's more of. If well, you well, you tend to look at there. I feel there are different factors that come in, you know, and then is is more of um what these organizers are able to offer um um Liberty Media and whoever else is in charge, you know. So it's more of able what they are able to present and what they are able to offer, you know. If they are not able to offer something, um to to f1 that seems lucrative for them or seems profitable for them then i'm sorry you know yeah, so, I, I, um, I read actually that uh, the spa management were ready to um 
ready to make changes to their to their um circuit events to suit the liberty media but i'm still surprised it's still in contention maybe they are not satisfied with what spa are offering anyway but let's see how it goes from here uh yeah um i would I I I don't even I want to even um I don't even anyone has noticed it. Why is it only European races that are in contention to be removed? You know because there's there are tracks that I mean I personally don't like. You know I I personally will never I don't I don't want to I don't want us to go back to Saudi again. Personally. <laughs> Yeah, but, but it goes I, far I away they had it. that partial race that never was and so they could give Max a point <laughs> fucking go bye <laughs> so, um, yeah. um, anyways M please do you want to um go ahead then Nathan please um, yeah I think um it's really sad the way um like you said, we are losing a lot of European races. But to be fair to American viewers, I mean, uh, the US is is I mean, by is almost as large as Europe as a whole. And I think it's only really fair to have a race like on the east coast or the west coast, and maybe one in the middle. And like they've been generating a lot of money from American viewers, so that's that's um. I think I, I wouldn't really have a problem with that. And I, I kind of have a problem with all these Middle East um, races. But then for Liberty, it's all about the money. And um, regarding um, the European markets, I, I think it has a lot to do with the government. Like, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite surprised. Like, Germany doesn't even have a race anymore. There's no Okenheim, there's no no boring. And Germany is like the richest country in Europe. And I don't know what's happening actually, but the government said they are not going to sponsor it again, and it's just of the, the the calendar. So, I'm I'm not really shocked if maybe France or Belgium or any other one is living like if Germany doesn't even have a race or have a track on the calendar, then I think no European country is safe. So I, I think I don't know if maybe F1 can do something about it if they can lower the expectations or just try to just do something about it because traditionally F1 has, has, this, um, has, so, has been dominated by Europe for so long and it's, we should still have it that way. But then I just um, it's just sad that the way it's going at the moment. So I hope they can do something about it. Thank you. Um, Nathan, please go ahead and Ms. Katra. Okay, um, so I also I think I also speak on the same issue. Um, for me, um, um, Nathan, um, Nathan, please. Sorry, Miss Catro. Um, Nathan, okay. please. Okay, yeah. So saying for me, it's it's all about the money. I mean, Liberty Media moving, adding or working on adding another race from the US. I think it's just about money. Unfortunately, there are quite a number of European races. So definitely, if they are adding more races and some races have to go, some of the European tracks would have to will have to give Liberty Media some more incentive to be able to stay on. Because obviously they are trying to expand the sport outside of Europe, which is basically where it's been, which has basically been its home continent for all this while. They are trying to expand to other places. So unfortunately, some of the European races would definitely be affected, but... 
it's quite unfortunate spies the one that's on there <laughs> that's got its neck on the line now because it's quite a it's quite a spectacle when when there's f1 in spa but hopefully be able to bring a great a good enough offer to liberty media to be able to stay on the calendar yeah thank you very much um miss katrick please go ahead thank you i think the problem with germany is the cost it actually costs around 55 well depending on where you are in china they pay 15 million to host the race but in america they pay 55 million and silverstone pays 25 million so i don't think that everybody pays the same and it's a lot of money and then you have to then go and get sponsors that can underwrite that money that you put up front so that's why in the in europe the tickets in England is really expensive because even though Silverstone is completely full, they actually operate at a loss. So to me, it's just the FIA that's just really greedy in terms of the amount of money that they're charging people to host a race. And maybe it's just become unaffordable or maybe some countries just think that it's just not worth it to put that much money in to a private company that's the one who's benefiting especially if it's at a loss because if in the UK you're putting in 90 million pounds which is 25 million dollars and you're still not a profitable entity and you're selling merchandise and all the rest of it and it's still not operating at a profit like who's doing that what is the point financially it's just not viable so that's the problem Thank you very much, Miss um, Catrock. Um, I was just going to actually share some um, figures so that um, those of us here can understand why maybe your favorite track might be on here or not. So um, if you are not aware, um, these circuits do pay um, a hosting fee to um, F1 and Liberty Media as a whole, you know. So you have um, Bahrain, which um, the hosting fee is $45 million. Um, Jeddah, $55 million. Albert Park, Australia, $35 million. Imola, um, Imola is coming at $20 million. Um, okay, I can't get Miami. Um, ba- Barcelona, $25 million. Monaco, um, $15 million. Uh, though uh, they said the hosting fee is to be um, renegotiated. Um, Baku, $55 million. Canada, Montreal, $30 million. Paul Ricard, France, $22 million. Um, Austria, Red Bull Ring, $25 million. Silverstone, $25 million. Um, Hungary Ring, $40 million. Spa, $22 million. Zandavod, $32 million. Monza, $25 million. Sochi, <laughs> $15 million. Um, Marina Bay, Singapore, 35 million, Suzuka, 25 million, um, um, Mexico, um, 25 million, Austin, 25 million, Brazil, 25 million, um, Yas Marina, 40 million, um, Shanghai, China, 50 million, and Qatar, the last but not the um, least, 55 million. So, um, I believe all these figures, yeah, it just shows how much money is being put in by, uh, well, I say, hence why you have 
F1 going to the Middle Eastern countries because that's where this money is. Uh, you know, the money is more in um, is more outside of Europe than in Europe. Unfortunately for um, this, um, unfortunately for F1 as a whole, you know, because you have the Arab or Middle Eastern countries paying the most, you know, to host um, um, these races, you know. So um, I would say it's just, let's see what happens um, in the coming, or rather in the coming months. And with, what was the name again? South Africa um, being, um, being a talking point for 2023, you know, it's, it's just going to be interesting how this is going to play out, you know, because if you bring South Africa back on on the calendar, how long is South Africa going to be there? Is it going to be there every year? Is it something we're going to be going once in two years or once um once in three years or once in um how many years, you know? Because we have not gone I believe we've not gone to China for how many years now? I believe it's since the pandemic though. But I believe I'm not going to China. Is it two, three years? Um, someone should correct me, please. Even yeah, but um, you know, and even yeah. Okay, I think I'll just hold it there for now. Um, Miss Catchock, please go ahead. Maybe they need to not have these long contracts and perhaps have a situation where people can have the race every other year, so it gives them some breathing space financially. And also with Monaco, they've got this deal that's uh, um, it's like a historical deal where they pay a minimum amount of money and they get all the proceeds of the gate plus all the merchandising, blah, 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 which is why they're trying to renegotiate because they they were like um, of historical importance, which is similar to the Italy races. So um, also um, Ferrari everybody gets a payment and Ferrari gets this extra payment because they were the first in F1. And I think <laughs> these kind of rules, these quirky rules that's benefiting some of the teams and not the others. And that extra money that Ferrari gets, it doesn't go to the cost cap. So is that fair? Not really. Yeah. Well, um, uh, I don't know, but I don't know if anyone has anything to add again on this whole, um, track and um calendar topic per se okay um well i think i'll just round it up by saying um obviously we're looking forward to having venues like um las vegas you know um which will come in next year is we'll see how that pans out and um to add to what miss catrock has said yeah i would I wouldn't. Even, I don't know. I I I know. I know. Um, they signed contracts for obviously long term purposes here. But I I personally, if if a, if a track is coming new into the calendar, I personally don't feel they should um sign long contracts. You know, because at the end of this, all about reviews. If drivers don't like the track, if drivers love the track then they will go back there and if fans enjoy the track then they will go back there but I, I, but like now I look at them the track like Miami that um, we had for the first time this year Miami I personally did not enjoy it you know and 
if um if for those of us that were here, if you remember clearly we had some drivers complaining um about the Miami track. Um about the basically about the whole um track setup itself and I can't remember was it is it on fourteen? That very tight corner that um that reminds one of Baku. Yeah, I can't I don't know the um numbers, but yeah. So um like now when you look at a track like that, you kind of say, hmm, this track has probably there are mixed reactions to this track, you know. You now ask, oh, should F1 come back here next year? You know, definitely F1 is going to say yes because there's always this um attraction and this excitement to um, Miami, you know. But if you're even going to keep or keep all the US tracks, maybe the one I personally feel that should, I don't even like is the Circuit of the Americas. I've never liked um, the track since F1 have... um. F1 got um started racing there, you know. But that's just my opinion. So um yeah, I don't know if anyone has anything to add again just before we end this. Okay, um okay guys, thank you very much for joining us this evening. It's been um it's been very fun talking to um you all. Thank you for joining us again. Thank you to Imadi, my co-host. Um, Thank you and, for and hosting everyone, us. Yeah, and yeah, everyone that have um spoken. Thank you so much for your opinions, your feedback, and your points. Um, so we'll be back again in two weeks. Two weeks. Um, for the what, what Grand Prix is that again? Um, why did I block? Um, France. Yeah. So yeah, we we'll be back again um for the French Grand Prix in two weeks. Hopefully, it's something it's something to um talk about, you know, and um we have much more events um to discuss. Thank you once again, guys, for joining us. I wish everyone a great week ahead, and um, God bless you all.